This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's uh, going to be a regular show tonight, as, as it always is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still your show. You can still bring up uh, anything. But things are a little bit different, right, Mark? Yeah, well, we're here at the Liberty Forum, uh, and I, I, I've never it, – it's so many people milling about, having a good time, and uh, talking about things having to do with liberty. Well, first of all, we should probably mention what the Liberty Forum is. It is a yearly event that's put on by the great people uh, involved in the Free State Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started last year. And we had the uh, the great honor of attending and broadcasting live from the uh, the uh, its initial iteration last year, and it was an, it was an absolutely a great time. And so it's 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 wonderful, of course, to be back here again. Of course, here is a different place. Uh, last time we were in Concord, New Hampshire, the state capital, and uh, at a I think it was a Holiday Inn, which you know was fine. But things are definitely a little bit nicer this time around, wouldn't you say, Mark? I mean, here we are at the uh, the Crown the Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashua. And uh, we have we have essentially like a, a broadcast suite all to ourselves. Yeah, you know it's a little lonely right now, but I'm sure it'll fill up shortly. This is this is clearly an, a higher end hotel. Um, I mean than than the Holiday Inn we were in previously. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. It was fun. It was uh, you know everyone was kind of smushed together, so people had to talk and that kind of thing. And but well, I, people are smushed right now. They're just not in standing in this room. There, yeah. uh, there's a, a bit of a little get together going on. I don't know if it's a shindig. I don't know if that's the right word. I, I tend to like that word. Uh, but pe- <laughs> people are cocktail party. Right. People are right now. Um, yes, they are socializing. They are meeting one another, and uh, they're they're sort of brushing elbows with some uh, some libertarian luminaries. So if you're uh, if you're in the Nashua area or uh, or anywhere, uh, come on out here to the Liberty Forum. You can still get in. Uh, certainly, I think the price is a little bit more expensive this weekend because if you didn't buy your tickets in advance, but uh, still very reasonable. I think it's like 200 bucks for the entire weekend. If you can only come up for one day or two days or whatever, it's you know you'll it'll cost you less. So come on out right now tonight. I know that uh, Libertarian author F. Paul Wilson is in the building. And we are expecting to actually have him stop by and join us on the program here sometime this hour, Mark. Uh, now, F. Paul Wilson, who is he? Um, he does the Repairman Jack series, and he also like, wrote uh, Lenang Chronicles, a very libertarian author. And um, I enjoy him. He's uh, one of my favorite oh, top two, three authors. So, of course, F. Paul Wilson is here. Uh, our very own Gardner Goldsmith is here. I know I saw him. Uh, of course, uh, Jason Osborne from Sakel CAI, the mm-hmm. man behind uh, one of our biggest, I think our biggest advertiser on the show. Uh, he's here and he's Presidential on... candidate George Phillies is here. Okay. Um, and, yep. and then Ron Paul's going to be here mm-hmm. on Sunday. As right, that's correct. I, I just saw Dave Ridley from uh, the Ridley Report go by. Michael Hudgen, H- Hutchinson from uh, Homeland Stupidity? Nope, that's Michael Hampton. Hampton, uh, I'm sorry. From HomelandStupidity.us. So there's so many people here. This, I mean, we could we could just start naming names off. You're right, right as people walk by the studio here. Uh, and that's of course, what I've been doing. Uh, as, we, uh, <laughs> as I mentioned last night, we do have an, an open microphone here uh, in the studio. So it is Free Talk Live. You can still call in and, and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. Of course, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. 
But since we're on location, Mark, we always have a third mic, and it's always open to anybody that wants to come in and sit in and, uh, you know, say something. Because that's what Free Talk Live is about, giving yeah. you the opportunity uh, to, as we say, take control of the airwaves. We should well, go to the phones, though. Oh, okay. If you want to throw something in, you should. But no, uh, I, I was just just saying that uh, I think we should do some uh, – we'll, we'll probably do some short interviews. Uh, oh, that's all. Here. That's yeah. inevitable. I mean, I know we've got uh, Peter Christ from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. I think he's lined up for uh, for shortly here. I have so, lined him up, yes. So we will get him on uh, board here in moments, but we're going to go to your phone calls first. Uh, let's talk to Mark in Brazil. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Did I just hear you guys name-dropping? Yeah, well, I guess oh. we were. <laughs> no, no, no. I have no objection to uh, to name-dropping uh, people that actually are, are worthwhile. Uh, it's what I, what I can't stand hearing on the radio is the political shows where they all they talk about is, you know, Senator so-and-so and Representative whoever. Uh, and that's the kind of name dropping that makes me sick. I mean, we're we're a little starstruck here. You have to understand. I mean, there's some uh, some big libertarian luminaries in the building. Sure. Uh, I just wanted to uh, uh, plant a thought uh, with you guys with this question. I, I listen to podcasts. So the other night I was listening to podcasts where you're discussing working within the system or without the system and sure. this notion of potentially schism or conflict, whatever. And I was going to say, you know, if if we were smart about it, you actually might find a way for them to work together. And what I was thinking of was an example was um, the issue of licensing with, uh, I think, the unlicensed hair cutter or manicurist, whatever. Right. The the, the non-politicos, the, the the outside the system people, might go and do the civil disobedience of, of uh, doing the the unlicensed haircut and getting arrested. But and then the political guys, they would follow up with saying, "Look, isn't this ridiculous? If someone gets arrested for giving a haircut, why don't we change the laws so that this is no longer required?" Absolutely. So that way, and you're both working. No, I, I completely agree, and and that's actually what's going on. That's what's happening in the real world. When we talk about the uh, the, the split between those who are more favoring uh, favoring apolitical action versus political versus politics, it's really more of an intellectual discussion than anything else. Uh, they. They absolutely get along together in real life. There may be a few people out on the fringe of both sides that don't, uh, you know, that are sort of at odds with one another. But I would say 98% of uh, of uh, free staters and activists absolutely get along with one another and are working together uh, in the ways that you describe. Mark, are, do you get that impression? It 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 seems to be working working out that way. I I see some yeah. potential for problems. I, you know, let's, let's hope it goes well. Mark, any other thoughts? Well, that's all I had. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for the call tonight. Let's talk to Chris in sure. Indiana. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hi. Hey. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I, just, I was, had a question about George Phillies, the, the commercial that you guys play. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, why? It, it, it's been bothering me for a long time, and for some reason I haven't brought it up. But uh, Why does he say he's George Phillies? <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's a great. Isn't question. that common though with uh, political ads? If, I mean, you know that they at the very end they they have to identify themselves and say that they, um, they approve, approve the, the ad. message. Right. I mean, isn't that what the law requires? Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. That'd be like me saying he's Chris from Indianapolis. No, he says I'm for, um, George Phillies. Right. He says I'm. Yeah, I believe he says I'm George Phillies. Anyway, he's no, the, just like he says. He says he's George Phillies. Hmm. I can't say. I don't have the uh, the ad the ad in front of me to reference, but I'm pretty sure he says I'm George Phillies. Yeah, I, uh, we would have vetted. Maybe it was a like problem that. with the uh, you know audio that uh, you're not getting or something. I don't know. We we would have caught. Oh, I don't that. know. It's, it's like every single time you guys play it, it's it's kind of strange. 
Hmm. I will listen to it and uh, see if yeah. uh, see, see if I can see what you're uh, talking about. Mark is in charge of the advertising wing of the show, and so uh, if Mark let that slip by, then uh, that's yeah. all his fault. Oh, and hey, Mark, I have Mark. a uh, I have a good idea for what ails your man. What's that? Snowboarding. Oh, I thought you were going to tell him to take his shirt off. <laughs> no, no. Tell him to go snowboarding. You live in New Hampshire, and uh, it's just... How is that going to help him? He do. doesn't like it when it's cold and snowy outside. How is that going to assist well, him? Well, oh, no, it's just it's a, it's a really good thing to do. I mean, if you're going to live in New Hampshire, then... Uh, Ian, you went, you went snowboarding with, uh, with Julia, right? Yes, I did, and it was hell, because I went down the wrong mountain... <laughs> And uh, yeah. I fell I about you 30 did times. I know where you went, and how did you go down the wrong one? You had to be on the bunny slope. Uh, no, I couldn't control myself. I was trying to get to the bunny slope and accidentally went down, like, the master hill. And then How did you get to the master? You had to, did it's you, right there, man. No, you, we, had, to, you had to take a, um, one of those knows things up. Nobody knows you're talking about. There's a halfway point. They weren't going all the way up that day, so they only stopped us at the halfway point. So there was several, you know, there was a couple hundred feet to go to to get to the bunny slope. And uh, I just went down the wrong way. And uh, That's I'm, all the bunny slope, my friend. No, I'm telling you it's not. Okay. God, well, I fell about terrible. 30 times, and it yeah, was not the bunny slope. I fell just as many times on the bunny no, slope. No, I only fell about four times on the bunny slope. It's, okay. it's terrible the very first time you go, but like after two or three times, you get really, really good. So Thank you. I, I'm try. definitely going to give it another try and stick to the bunny slope only. But, and I appreciate the uh, the encouragement. And, and Chris, thank you for the call tonight. Uh, we now, definitely I did skiing. I didn't do snowboarding, which, hey, I don't know. Is there much of a difference between these two things? I don't know. People seem to disagree. Some people say skiing is more difficult. Some people say snowboarding is more difficult. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. Nor, Eight, nor do I. 800-259-9231. Uh, we are going to be talking to one of the men behind law enforcement against prohibition here in moments. Peter Christ, I believe one of the founders. We'll find out more with him and your calls as well. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. On location tonight, not something we do very often, uh, but when we do, it's usually a very special occasion. And in this case, it is the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Uh, last year was a tremendous success. This year, I, it, it always is already looking, Mark, like another tremendous success. Have well, we not heard that the numbers are bigger this right. year? Right. I was, I was just going to say that the numbers are bigger uh, as far as uh, registrations, um, and so I can only expect that, uh, therefore, they'll have more walk-ins, uh, more people, more, uh, more speakers, more of everything. Excellent, excellent. And uh, speaking of the speakers... We're hoping to manage to wrangle a few of them over here tonight, even though really the forum hasn't really kicked into full swing yet. Tonight's sort of like a social evening. People are just hanging out. They're right, chatting. There's going to be no, um, you know, no speakers tonight. There's uh, none of the, none of the booths. Do, booths are set up. This is all uh, a cocktail party and and people getting to know each other and people arriving at different times. Exactly. And I'd like to take a moment. I mean, we can talk more later about what's going to be happening with the forum tomorrow and all weekend long. Uh, but we should really get to our guest who's sitting here. And again, the numbers here are available. So if you've got a question uh, for any of the guests that we have on tonight, 800-259-9231. They are all headphoned up and uh, they will be able to hear you. So I uh, want to introduce the man behind, the, the original, uh, the man who created the concept of law enforcement against prohibition. His name is Peter Christ, and Peter, welcome to Free Talk Live. How are you tonight? 
Oh, I should turn on your microphone. That would help, right? Mm. There we go. Let's try that. They're trying to silence me already. These people, <laughs> they invite me in here. They stick earphones on my head, then they turn my mic off. What kind of a world is this? Welcome to the program. Now, uh, you were the you were the original idea. Yeah, I had this. the idea for. I I retired from law enforcement in 1989, and I got involved in the drug policy reform movement. <clears throat> and I felt that a, a voice from law enforcement speaking out on this issue and on the failure of prohibition would be a strong voice. Yes. But I also knew that I wasn't the guy to run the organization. So I talked about it all through the 90s with some people, and then in 1999 I met a guy by the name of Jack Cole, uh, who's our executive director. He's a retired New Jersey State Trooper. He was here last year, as a matter of fact. Yes, he was. And uh, he said that he was stupid enough to run it. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a lot uh, of work. Oh, yeah, it is a lot of work. And... Uh, in, 19, in 2002, uh, MPP, Marijuana Policy Project, came along with an offer of $50,000 for anybody that wanted to start a law enforcement group. Jack got a hold of me. We got a hold of some other people, Howard Wildridge, John Gator, and a couple other people, and we decided to put together a proposal. We got the grant, and we started. Now, I know you're, you're, uh, you're mentioning all these names. Most of our listeners probably don't know. Right. I know. I recognize Howard Wildridge. He's the guy that rode across the country on horseback. Twice. Twice, okay. Yeah, it went both ways. And, and it was uh, to promote law enforcement against prohibition. <clears throat> well, the first time was on kind of on his own, and uh, that's when he was still wearing the Cops Say Legalized Pot T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second time he was wearing the proper T-shirt, which is Cops Say Legalized Drugs T-shirt. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's what uh, I love about you guys is you don't just stop at the marijuana. Oh, you no. go, you're serious about getting rid of prohibition entirely. I would imagine also a prohibition of gambling and prostitution. Well, as well. That we, we are, in fact, when we came up with the name for the organization, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, we jokingly said to each other, when we end this drug war, but that doesn't mean we have to go away. Right. Okay, because there's still other prohibitions. So this we is your have first out. issue then? Yes. Okay. Uh, in fact, it's, it's basically the premise. I mean, and it's fundamental, that right down to the pinpoint, is law enforcement is a unique profession in our society. Now, everybody's in a unique profession. I understand sure. that because we're all different in the things we do. But the thing about law enforcement is we were set up to protect people from each other. That's Originally, w- yes, yeah. that's what we were designed to do, and because of that, we were granted a power that no other institution is given within our governmental system, and that is the right to use force up to and including deadly physical force against our own citizens. Mm-hmm. Okay, military isn't allowed to do that; it's only law enforcement is allowed to. And the reason why we were granted that power is because they realized that in order for us to do that job of protecting people from each other, it was at times going to take force to do that. If people are fighting, it takes force to separate them. Then, for a lot of different reasons, we slowly drifted into the world of also doing things to protect people from themselves. Right. Now, this is a function, in my mind, of family, church, education, and the healthcare system. None of those, I would like to point out, do we grant the right to use force to... Okay, but these are the people who want to do this. So our first example of what should have ended this drug war before it ever started was alcohol prohibition. Mm -hmm. We decided for all kinds of good reasons that we were going to simply save this society from the terrible damages that alcohol does by simply banning it. And this is a, a little known fact. Alcohol prohibition worked. I don't know how many people really realize that. What do, you, what do you mean when you say that? Well, what I mean is from, from the 1920 when it started until 1925, we consumed less alcohol in this society than we ever have in our history. 
Now, by 26, that number started going up. Now, where do, they get those num- <laughs> where do they get those numbers from, though? I mean, are we asking people and hoping they'll respond honestly? Well, all kinds of different ways to survey. I heard the guy say to me that anybody that's quoting a survey done before 1940 is, is purely guesswork. But we have some idea on what's, on what's out there and what's going on. Now, the thing, the reason why it worked for those first four years isn't because everybody quit drinking. It's because it took four years for the underground marketplace to get set up and running. Oh, by 19, that makes some sense. By 1930, which was three years before we ended Prohibition, we were consuming more alcohol in this society than we were consuming before Prohibition started. And so, it's my understanding that we also currently consume more liquor um, than we did before Prohibition was put in place because people consumed more brewed alcohols at that well, time. Well, that's, that's very interesting. That one of the, some of the successes, if you want to call these successes, of alcohol prohibition, well, we started alcohol prohibition in 1920. The last study done, we primarily consumed alcohol in this society by drinking beer and wine. Right. Okay. After Prohibition ended in 1933, and until about 1971, we were primarily a hard whiskey-drinking society. Now, that's interesting because it parallels what goes on in the world of illegal um, drugs today. Crack cocaine is a product of drug prohibition, not a product of desires of the people that are using it. And what you get, it's called the iron hand of prohibition. What you get is stronger, more potent things when you have a prohibitionary thing. The reason why we switched uh, to hard whiskey from wine and beer wasn't because our taste changed it's because the the gangsters the the bootleggers got more bang for the buck sure. out of hard whiskey than they did and I, i'll tell you another little interesting statistic of, or a little interesting fact about alcohol prohibition it wiped out our domestic wine production business in this country hmm. it didn't start the wine production you know vineyards and all that stuff right that didn't start coming back until the late 60s early 70s and now we're back pretty much even with the rest of the world as far as wine production goes but the reason why it works so well against wine production is in that bootleg economy you didn't have the time to wait for the grapes to grow and then for the wine sure. you wanted something you could get from the bathtub to the bottle and out on the shelf and sell it so you could get more money in your pocket absolutely wine's so, not going to make you any more money exactly so it's and when you see that we, we shifted back in uh, 71, and now we're to a point that the hard liquor industry in this country is now advertising. And the reason they're advertising is because they've lost so much of market share. Because uh. when you leave our species alone, we don't like high-potency drugs. We like them blended in our, I don't know, Coca-Cola. Yeah. That's an interesting point. <laughs> Peter, I want you to stick around if you have the time. Sure. Because this conversation is just getting started. This is one of my favorite issues. It is so important, so critical. People need to understand why ending prohibition is a really great idea. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. By the way, big thanks to uh, the good people over at SACL CAI. They have put on a wonderful little uh, Thursday evening affair here at uh, the 2008 Liberty Forum. Uh, it's going on right now. I wish we could be there, Mark, but mm-hmm. uh, we can't because we have uh, responsibilities. There's some speeches going on, some cocktails being imbibed, some hors d'oeuvres being enjoyed. Um, did you get to see the Free Talk Live iPod, the limited edition? I have not yet seen that. I was iPod? actually looking for Sickle CAI's phone number. It was very, very attractive. Um, I, I, en- I enjoyed taking a look at it. So, Mark, why don't you go dig up the uh, the live reads for tonight? Uh, 800-259-9231. We're sitting here with a, uh, a distinguished guest. His name is uh, Peter Christ. He is the man who uh, came up with the idea 
for law enforcement against prohibition. You're one of the uh, the original four horsemen. Uh, was it four of them? Four people? Yeah, four. Uh, actually, there was five. five. The other one is not. He was only with us for a short time, and then he had some other stuff come up in his personal life that he had to leave for. So when was this? It was back in the early nineties. Two thousand? No, two thousand and two. Oh, okay. Is when we first new? started. Yeah. I'm so shocked that it's such a new organization, and yet you've really you've made a splash. Well, well we haven't. We haven't. They say five to seven years. Is that the is that the the golden thing for like a new business or something I guess, like yeah, that? Yeah, we've been if about you, five years. If here. you make it five to seven years, you're probably going to be around for a while, right. and usually if you're going to fold up, so we're we're. You're creeping up on six years now, so we got another year to go to see if we're going to last. Well, I've been around as long as you have then. Free yeah. Talk Live's been on the air for five years. So, yeah, in 2002. You know, yeah. there's so much there's so much history. We could sit here and talk drug war history with you, I'm sure, for the, for the next hour. Uh, inevitably, we are probably going to have to do something else at some point tonight. So I think we should talk a little more about law enforcement against prohibition. Okay. And what what is the mission of the organization? Well, when, when the idea first came to me, first off, I knew that there was – I'm a retired police captain. I spent 20 years in law enforcement. And I knew there was a lot of feeling, underground feeling within the profession against this policy of prohibition of you drugs. You say underground because people, they, they, uh, they're they going to get retaliated against by some administrators mm, if they talk about it, can right? can happen. Uh, for instance, to, I, I went into police work. In, I started on the job in 1969. And when I went into, before I went into police work, I had made my peace with prohibition. I had decided that this drug war was a dismal failure and it was never going to work. In order it was to give before it before you went into police before work. I went into okay. police work, so that shows you what kind of a hypocrite I am. Okay, <laughs> I didn't think this was a good idea, and then I went out and did it anyways. Okay, I when I I made a promise to myself when I first got on the job that I would put all my old feelings on the back burner. And I was a young guy, 22 years old. Maybe I don't understand. Right, whatever. Let's, let's see. Give it a fair see. shot. You know, by the time I was on the job five years, I was positive I was right when yeah. I walked in the door. This is stupid. So I talked with my peers internally about this issue. Every time we'd make a drug bust, I'd say, this isn't our job. I don't know what we're doing this for. Now, I did it because my, my daddy, I had two great parents, and they had a lot of advice for me. One of my father's big pieces of advice, he was big on honor and integrity. Mm-hmm. And he said that you decide you're going to do something before you take the man's money. Once you've accepted the money, you're not deciding if you're going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Now you have to do it because you took the money for it. Well, I took, I took my oath. I took, you know, took my oath, and I said I would pass, enforce these laws, so I did it. I didn't start speaking out publicly on this issue until after I retired. Then I spoke out publicly because I had a career. Now, if I was speaking out publicly on it when I was a patrol officer, I don't think they would have seen fit to promote me to lieutenant or captain. Sure. Okay. Um, we, they know all guy, we know a guy here in New Hampshire. Bradley Jardis. Brad Jardis. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, Nine and, years on the job. Right, and now he's speaking out against the, the war on exactly, drugs. Exactly, which is extremely heroic. Those are the, those are the, in my opinion, those are the true people that should be praised and are heroes. Absolutely. are the ones that are on the job and still and, and willing to speak out against I find against him uh, to be so brave, and in fact, he's going to be here, I don't know, are you speaking Saturday? or? I'm uh, speaking on Friday, Friday. And, and I believe he's going to introduce me when, will I, be. when I do the introduction, which I consider it an honor to have him introduce Absolutely. me. Absolutely. He's a great guy. Um, um, I met him down in New Orleans for the first time. In fact, I liked what he did with uh, McCain and the. Uh, oh yeah, I don't yeah. know if you saw that. Yeah, that, where he uh, uh, he caught him a bird dog in essentially. Yeah, exactly. Um, now Bradley Jardis, again, he is uh, he's been in the uh, the policing business for nine years. Mm-hmm. Now he's come out uh, against prohibition, and indeed he has, I think, felt a little bit of heat from from his administrators mm-hmm. as a result. How many of your members are are like him? How many have that you know that level of courage versus you know how many are are retired? Most are retired. 
most of the like people that we have. Yeah, I would say probably about 95%. Uh, we also have what we call stealth membership, and there's a lot of our currently working members mm-hmm. that are in that stealth area. We so they might those be sending you some to, money then. Yeah, and, and just their support that we know they're there and stuff right. like that. But they have careers. They have families sure. to feed. They have things to do, and I can understand that. You know, it's... I, I, and, and, and don't misunderstand me. I'm sure there's people sitting at home right now listening to this and grinding their teeth and saying, how can they be such a guy to do this anyway? But this is the reality of life. This is the way life is. We have responsibilities we have to take care of and so on and so forth. So it's, I, you know, just the way it is. So sure. it's, a, but we have many, many, many people that that former law enforcement, former military drug enforcement people. Um, in fact, one of our board of directors who just passed away, he left the board about six months. He was uh, he had cancer and he just died. His name was Eddie Ellison, and he ran the narcotics division for Scotland Yard over in England. Wow, uh, John That's incredible, <laughs> John Gator, who was one of our original board members, was one of the ones that with myself and Jack Cole and Howard Wildridge founded this group, uh, is still employed with the Niagara Regional Parks Police up in Canada. So he's still on the job every day. Another one of the mm-hmm. heroes that's out there working every day but speaking out against this policy. Amazing. How can people who are at home right now who may not have any ties whatsoever to law enforcement, um, and of course law enforcement that might be listening as well, mm-hmm. how can both of those groups get involved? How can they help law enforcement against prohibition? Well, one of the things they can do, if, if, the simplest thing they can do is go to our website, which is, do we still have to say www? No, no I okay. never say I, that. I, I just don't think anybody... There, there are some websites that are configured in such a way that if you don't put the W's in, it won't work. It won't work. work. But <clears throat> I, it's very few and far between. Okay, well, we're leap, L-E-A-P dot C-C. Right. And the least that they can do if they agree with our position is go to that website and sign up, put their name on our mailing list. Right now, Great we're idea. at a little bit over 9,000 members, and anybody... Anybody can be a member of LEAP. In order to be a speaker a for fee? LEAP... Membership fee? No membership fee. In order to be a speaker for LEAP, you have to be from law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So anytime we have a speaker out, there's always somebody that has law enforcement credentials. They've spent time on the job, wearing the suit, so on and so forth. But anybody can be a member. The other way they can help us is we are a 501c3, which means we're a tax-deductible organization, and they can give us money. It costs us to put a speaker on the road for a week... Uh, just a couple little background things. Our speakers do not get paid. We do not pay our speakers. They, it's volunteer time on theirs. But we cover all their expenses. So when they're That's traveling, fair. we pay hotels, we pay their travel expenses, whatever costs of travel. It costs us between 1000 to $1,500 to have a speaker out on the road for a week going out doing Sounds presentations right. and stuff like that. So And that money has to come from somewhere. And it's it's funny being part of a 501c3. It's the first time in my life that I've told people how successful we are by telling them how much money we spent <laughs> instead of how much we got. You know? right. Now, um, I'm sure you meet people that, that say, uh, law enforcement against prohibition, and they find out that you're a captain in the uh, you know, uh, police department. Mm-hmm. What, how do you tell them that it makes sense, that uh, you know, getting rid of prohibition, drug prohibition, makes sense? I mean, a lot of people don't think about this in their day-to-day life. They don't do drugs, um, and it, it doesn't affect them. So why, why, why do they care? Well, I, I fall back at our, at our old friend George Santiano. I, I'm not sure who that is. Okay, he was a philosopher back in the early part of the 20th century, and he's the one that made the famous quote, and I'm sure you've heard the quote, those that do not know their past are condemned to relive it. I, I okay? have heard that. 
Well, everybody that I talk to on this issue knows about alcohol prohibition. Mm-hmm. They also know how... We were taught about that in school. Exactly. It was bad. Exactly. And the thing is that we have, we have created all kinds of this about a lot of things. One of the things that I make very clear to people is we did not legalize, re-legalize alcohol in 1933 because some new scientific study came out and told us that, oh my goodness, we were wrong about alcohol. You know, it's really wonderful stuff. Uh, you should give it to your babies as soon as they're born. Sorry we made this terrible... M- that isn't why we legalized alcohol. Why we knew in 1933 that alcohol was just as dangerous as we knew it was in 1920 when we started Prohibition. But what we learned in 13 short years is Can alcohol. You tell us that in a moment? We'll find alcohol out. did not create Al Capone. Prohibition of alcohol created Al Capone. And I'll finish it up when Great. we come back. More on the way here. 800 259 9231. If you've got a question, Peter Christ is here with us from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Dial on in right now. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, including archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just go and download them. They're completely free. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. All right, 800-259-9231. If, uh, again, if you have a question for our guest, Peter Christ uh, from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, recommend you get on the phones now because he will be with us probably right up to the end of the hour. And uh, then we'll be talking with uh, libertarian author F. Paul Wilson in hour number two, and I know you're excited about that. I Mark. am. Uh, so, um, Peter, you were, were getting into uh, the reasons why, or the reason why, alcohol prohibition was ended, and you just started to, right. uh, to point that out. What, what, I, what I finished up with is that it only took us 13 years to learn that alcohol did not create Al Capone, and, his, and the gangster thugs it, it took care of that marketplace. What created that was our choice of a policy of prohibition. That's what created the underground marketplace. Ensuring the black market profits. Exactly. Thousands of percentages. And giving us no control over it and giving the gangsters all control. And we learned that no matter how many of these gangsters we put in jail, uh, we legalized alcohol in 33. Al Capone went to prison in 32. Mm -hmm. Okay. There was always somebody else to fill that position. All we ever created was a job opening because there was just too much money in it. And that's the phenomenon that we're involved in today with the drug prohibition. We're seeing exactly the same thing. 75% of our quote-unquote drug-related violence in our society, 75% of that is people fighting over the marketplace. You know, it's interesting. One of the complaints that I have, because you always have to pick on the press, when you got any kind of an issue, pick on the press, all right? Because they're always at fault for something. <laughs> and what I, my argument with the press is this term, drug-related shooting. You know, when you read that in the paper, drug-related shooting, three people found dead in an apartment, apparent drug-related shooting. It makes it sound like someone got high and shot somebody. Exactly, that the drugs cause it. I did my research on this through the Internet. And I look back at all articles written after February 14th, 1929, about an event that happened in a garage in Chicago, Illinois. It was called the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Seven people mowed down in a garage. Not one person that I read, not one reporter, reported that as an (laughs) alcohol-related shooting. 
Okay? Yeah. Now, that was the product that they were involved in, just like drugs are the product that these gangsters are involved in today. But they all knew it was a prohibition-related shooting. In fact, there was a newspaper reporter in Chicago back in the mid-20s, and he was writing about Al Capone, and he said Al Capone doesn't kill people because he's drunk. Al Capone kills people because they get between him and his money. Mm-hmm. And that's the phenomenon that we see going on today. These drugs... And we all know their names, so I don't have to go through them. Methamphetamine, marijuana, crack cocaine. These drugs have so much potential to do harm that they must be regulated and controlled. And we today in America are choosing a policy of total deregulation and total decontrol of this whole marketplace. The Food and Drug Administration does not decide the purity of the heroin sold on the streets of America. The thugs do. They do not, the state legislature does not set the age limits on who's going to buy these things. The thugs do. The zoning board doesn't determine the distribution points for these products. The thugs do. And because the thugs pay no taxes, we don't know where they're spending their money. I can see how that would be motiva- um, motivating to the, the average person when they think about it, the, uh, the FDA uh, regulating these things and the zoning board deciding where they'd be sold and that kind of thing. But heroin was legal at one point in the United States, and I don't think the FDA even existed I don't, um, at that point. And so somehow we managed to provide, you know, somebody provided heroin to the marketplace, and they did it in a relatively pure form, and a seven-year-old could go to the drugstore well, and buy now, it. That well, that would be the area I think that uh, we're going to find some disagreement between Free Talk Live and maybe sure. law enforcement against prohibition. I don't really want to get into a, you know, a... A, no, I was argument just over wondering this. what he had to but, say uh, to but, it. But it seems to me that uh, that bureaucrats making decisions isn't really that much better than thugs. And I think that the marketplace and the people that are uh, that are manufacturing these products under controlled conditions in in a in a free competitive marketplace would do a fine job on their own without uh, regulation. It's uh, you, we we always need. I, it, it's very nice. It's very nice to go and grab the. Uh, it's very nice to go and grab the let's do away with the regulation and everything, but we all agree that we need some form of regulation. For instance, if I sell you a gallon of gasoline for three dollars, yeah, and you pour it in your car, mm-hmm. okay, and your car blows up because it wasn't gasoline, it was something else, and I lied to you when I sold it to you. You're going to have to have, if we're going to have a safe society, some legal recourse to come back to me to get some address of your of your grievance sure. against a tort me. Because if we don't if we don't have that, then the only other choice you have is to take a baseball bat and hunt me down and go find me someplace. Right. Okay? You, you need to. So I agree. Would agree with you there. At some point, we need some kind of balance. Now, whether we extend that balance into something like the Food and Drug Administration that um, merely makes sure that the purity is as stated on the bottle and so on and so forth, whether it's that way or it's done purely through a civil tort system in some other way, that's an argument that we will have for a long time in sure, society. Sure. I, I look forward to having that argument once, because <laughs> right. I agree either one of those situations is going to be preferable to what we have today. Any, any form of a regulated control marketplace is better than what we got now. Right. Yeah, whether it's uh, the FDA or, in my case, uh, you know, I'd prefer Consumer Reports be doing that that way. We don't all have to be forced to pay for it. That's fine. Um, so that's just one other, one other option. Now, uh, so Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, the website is leap.cc, L-E-A-P, .cc. Right. You have speakers, and yep. so um, so theoretically, if somebody's putting an event together of some sort, they can get in touch with you guys and, and bring we someone We do out. 90% of our engagements are at Rotary Clubs, Kiwanis Clubs, Lions Clubs. That's Great. where we do most of our speaking at. And what I like about those venues are when I'm at a Rotary Club, nobody at that Rotary Club is there to hear me. They came because it's the weekly Rotary meeting. Right, and I sure. just happened to be the speaker. And a also, bit of networking or something like that. And also, these are people that are involved in their community. 
There are people that understand the concept of volunteerism. Right. There are people that understand the concept of donation. They're movers and They're, shakers. Exactly, too. exactly. And I, my average overall, and I've done over a thousand presentations on this issue. My general average is 25 to 30 percent of the people I speak to with those kind of venues sign up with Leap at the end wow. of the presentation. Huh. And I, the, I have learned the big lesson is once you separate in somebody's mind the two problems that we have called, I call it the drug monolith. We've created this monolith we call the drug problem. We hear about an overdose someplace or some addict neglecting their family. We say that's the drug problem. Then we hear a shooting, three people mowed down on the street. We say that's the drug problem. Once you get people to understand that there's two problems here, one problem is the drug problem, very serious problem, the use and abuse of these dangerous substances, and I do not minimize that. That's one problem. The other problem is not the drug problem, but the prohibition problem, the underground violence problem. That accounts for, as I said earlier, 75% of that violence. Now, we're not going to eliminate violence from our society no matter what we do, but if we can do something that's going to take 75%. Well, when I was talking about alcohol prohibition before, you can go to the Federal Bureau of Justice Statistics, Mm -hmm. and you look at the homicide rate in America, and you see that it was at a certain level in 1920. By 1933, it was at the highest level it reached, and it climbed steadily all during the period of prohibition. By 1938, it was back down to the level it was before prohibition started. Amazing. Now, I want to point out something about 1938. We had legal alcohol from 1933 on. Mm -hmm. So alcohol was all over the place. The drug that has the closest relationship with violence, alcohol. Absolutely true. And two... We were in the deepest, darkest period of the Depression. We had a lot of people angry in this country. So you would think, everything being equal, alcohol available, a lot of angry people, man, the homicide rate should have went up. But that bone that they were killing themselves over, that prohibitionary bone that they were killing themselves over, that was taken out of the sequence. And that's why the homicide rate went down. You know, it, I, I was kind of, I was just sort of wondering, I wonder why in 34 it didn't, Drop immediately like a, like a like a stone, and I, I can kind of see that it was the depression and and that kind of thing. And then not only that, but it took. In fact, the bootleggers still made a good living in this country up until about '38, because like at the beginning when prohibition worked for that first four years, it took about four or five years for the legitimate alcohol the industry distribution to get up. Centers. Exactly, right. and yeah. until then, the bootleggers filled the void. Yeah, well, people you know, want their alcohol; they're exactly. going to get it somehow. And they are going to get it. So and they were legal, but they were just sort of. They, they were all they had for distribution we're in that center. Gray, we're right. in that gray area. What okay. do you do? You know, and that's what people need to come to understand, is that it doesn't matter how draconian the laws are. And there are some countries where it's the death penalty Absolutely. for dealing in drugs. In fact, that's funny you say that. I have people come up to me and they say, well, you know what they do to you in Saudi Arabia if they catch you with drugs? And my answer is, yeah. They take you down to the middle of the town, they chop your head off. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and my answer is, I don't call me crazy, but when I think of countries that I want America to be more like, Saudi Arabia, not, not, that, well, not, not one of my first picks. You know? Brilliant. And Anyways. they still have people addicted to drugs in Saudi Arabia. And that's the other point I was going to make. And I also then add that every year they chop people's heads off for drugs. You know why they do it every year? Because it doesn't work. If it worked, everybody else would see that head run through the courtyard, end of the drug Always problem. Always no someone problem. new to fill their Always. shoes. Peter, Always. thank you for coming on Free Talk Live tonight. Thanks for sharing your audience Keep with up me. the great work. We love law enforcement against prohibition. We're always happy to give you guys some attention on the show. And uh, enjoy the rest of the Liberty Forum oh, yeah. as well. Definitely More on the way. Hour 2 is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231, as we launch into hour number two of the program, uh, doing it live tonight from the Liberty Forum. The 2008 Liberty Forum brought to you by the Free State Project. Uh, our friends over at SACL CAI also uh, behind the scenes providing some funding. And uh, it's just a wonderful event. It's going on all weekend long. You're going to be hearing uh, Free Talk Live broadcasting Friday and Saturday night live from this event. And we'll be talking with all kinds of different interesting people, uh, not only just liber- not only libertarian luminaries. Uh, we, we just heard from uh, Peter Christ from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Uh, inevitably, I'm sure our buddy Jim Babka will be stopping by to talk to us. I believe our friend Gardner Goldsmith will be here tonight. Oh, I uh, saw Gardner running around already yeah i talked to him he'll be okay. in the nine o'clock hour uh so we've you know we, we don't really have any real firm plans it's sort of uh, we're winging it basically well. whoever we see come by we snatch them they come in here we talk to them and uh so we've done that again we'll tell you more about the event here uh in a bit but it's happening all weekend long in nashua you can go to freestateproject.org slash liberty forum to learn more about it and it's not too late to get involved it's not too late to uh, to come here even if you can only come up for a day uh, go and look at the schedule and see what's going on. Maybe you'll want to come up Saturday when there's a variety of different things going on. Perhaps you want to come up just for the closing ceremony, for a chance to meet Ron Paul, uh, who will be the closing speaker. So once again, all the details at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Now, uh, sitting in the palatial Free Talk Live studio here, and I and this is so nice, Mark. Yeah, this is the nicest room we've ever broadcast I should I should point out <laughs> that... Uh, that last year when we were at the Liberty Forum, for the very first ever Liberty Forum, they had us positioned, and I liked the position last year. We were yeah. right in front of the bathrooms. Right, it was, it was close to the men's bathroom. Sweet. It was close to both bathrooms, which is great mm-hmm. because everybody eventually had to come by to see us, <laughs> uh, which was nice. So we're not in front of the bathrooms this time, which, again, has its, uh, has its benefits, and we're actually kind of closed off, and there's like this beautiful little glass door here and people can walk by they can come in they can sit down they can sit in on our in our third chair and uh, and chat with us in fact i know some of our listeners are going to be sitting in here uh in a little while of course the phone lines are still open at 800-259-9231 we do have f paul wilson sitting in uh the third chair at the moment right now and mark um why don't you introduce him well, I mean, F. Paul Wilson, the New York Times uh, p- published, uh, what is it, be- New York Times best-selling author? Tell well, that, us, that's uh, the phrase we like to use. Yeah, yeah. You, you also have a movie that's been produced, and you're producing one now. Isn't that, is that the right terminology? Yeah, it's in pre-production. Okay. That's the... Uh, Sans director at the moment. Okay, and uh, which one of your books is it that you guys... Uh, it's the first Repairman Jack novel, The Tomb. And Repairman Jack, uh, describe him to people. Uh, he's uh, an urban mercenary, and he has no identity, lives under the radar, no li- driver's license. He's never filed a 1040, and um, he hires out to fix things that does, you know, the... The system can't fix, or that the system has caused. I've never, I've never read it. Is it a present day kind of a? Time yeah, frame? it's in New York City. Okay. Where I went to high school, so it's it's. Uh, I sort of came of age in New York City, and it's it's like another character. There's so many neighborhoods in that in that city that uh, I can move around and. You know, a different, almost like a different city every time. Yeah, everything's different from Soho to to Clinton. Exactly. Yeah, Astoria. Now, um, he's sort of libertarian-ish, but you don't do a lot of preaching or anything like that for um, liberty stuff. How how do you when people ask you about that? What do you say? I don't. I don't. I think a book, in, as far as promoting libertarianism, is much more effective if I show and don't tell. I would. And agree. so, in other words, I enlist 
the reader in in the discussion in, in a sense and and making drawing their own conclusions from what I presented to them rather than saying this is the way it should be. They they look at it and say, oh yeah, that's really the way it should be. Mm-hmm. So I'm not telling them. I've made them participate, and then that that filters through them. And, and you know, people come up to me and say, you've changed my life. I've, I've, wow. I've, I've never looked at things that way. And they come to the website, and, they, and they, they'll post that type of thing and just say, no, I, 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 I've never been exposed to these kind of ideas before. Did you think that would happen? I mean, when you first started writing uh, books like that, did you ever expect that you would be told things like that? Like, wow, you changed my life? No, never, never. Um, I, I started writing science fiction and i have you know i, I mean I, I came to liberta- libertarianism through you know a a very torturous path because there was no really libertarianism the word was really wasn't out there much when i in the 60s and well, you'd have to know somebody who happened to know about it and give you the right book to read and that sort of thing well i i mean i was i was really a gut libertarian it, it was there in me i just didn't have a vocabulary for it and um and I'm, I'm going to talk about this on Saturday about you know that 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 journey where you're really an orphan, a political orphan during the 60s. Um, but the thing was, when I started writing science fiction, I I developed this philosophy, and it was alien to everyone I knew, and it was alien to all anybody I had met in school. Nobody had really had any idea what this was about. So I figured, well, why not put it into my science fiction because you know it's alien, and and science fiction readers are familiar with aliens. So that's the way I looked at it. Now, there seem to be a lot of um, libertarian science fiction writers out there. I mean, uh, uh, what is it, Heinlein with uh, The Moon is a Harsh Mystery? Heinlein Heinlein was really the only one. Okay. Um, And, you know, he was this way and that way. I mean, he he was subtly libertarian sometimes, and then with The Moon is a Harsh Mystery, he was really out there with Mm -hmm. it. And uh, but I didn't discover that until later on, after I had really dis- decided who I was. And people said, "Oh, you got to read Moon is the Heart's Mistress. You're, you're the type of guy who'd love that." So I, I came to that, and I found Tan Staffel. And then and that's uh, there ain't no such thing as a free there ain't lunch. no such thing as a free lunch. Mm-hmm. So when I wrote um, my science fiction, I developed a, uh, a philosophy in that called Kyfo, K Y F H O. Yeah, I can't remember what that stands for. <laughs> Keep your Okay. Effing hands, hands off. off. Okay. Right. <laughs> so the thing is, that has gotten itself into the culture somehow. I mean, if you Google it, you get about 10,000 hits. The last time I did. So um, it's really nice to be able to invent something that, that is out there. Wow, very cool. Yeah, it is very cool. And I never thought that would happen. Now, um, so the you've got another book out on the way, another Repairman Jack novel. Is that right? I had, had a new one out in September, and I have a young adult Repairman Jack book coming out hmm. in uh, June where actually I, uh, I go through his life as a teenager and how oh, cool. he's starting to discover... Uh, it's 1983, and he's starting to discover his, his little talent for fixing things. This is prior to the accident. Way prior, yeah. Okay. Well, about yeah, about six, seven. He was years. in college yeah. at that time. Yeah, right. right exactly. So it is. You now, when you say it's a young adult novel, is it t- targeted at young adults? Yes, it is. Def- it's young adult, um, and it's but it's really for his fans too, his adult fans, because there's a lot sure. going on there that you're going to see a lot of foreshadowing of what happens uh, if you've been reading the adult novels. But I I, I want to get kids into this. Uh, I want to bring kids into the series, and. The second book, I'm starting to introduce really some high school teacher who's giving him some libertarian ideas, and he's starting to pick up on them and really starting to, to, to have these epiphanies about owning your own life and self-determination and that type of thing. That sounds brilliant. 
Uh, it sounds like something that I think a lot of people that listen to this show are going to want to go out and you know well, purchase for their kids. Yeah, if anybody needs an endorsement, I, I would uh, you know F. Paul Wilson is uh, one of my top two favorite authors out there, and um, you know he writes libertarian-ish stuff, so you can sort of feel it underneath, but it, not necessarily. There's some medical thr- thrillers out there too. Well, it's my worldview, and it, it, I can't help having it in the books. Right. Sure, but, and but some are more overt than others. So what are you speaking about here at the Liberty Forum this weekend? I'm 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 just just sort of my um my path from from being just a regular schlub high school kid into into libertarian has been sort of finding my own way before there actually was a movement. You know the the Yaffers and I tried to write for uh, New Guard and a lot of people forget all these old things that were really the seminal. Uh, sparks for the for the whole movement hmm. now how great is this uh this forum so far i mean obviously it's just barely getting started but literally hundreds of people all in the same place all who love liberty all together i mean have you ever been anything like this never and i i think it's really cool it's uh i i've been looking forward to this for months and you're staying all weekend too oh yeah, I understand yeah. now um a question that i uh, have have had have thought in the past who are some of your favorite authors um, my favorite authors are, are not. I mean, Heinlein was an influence, but you know, Ray Bradbury was an influence. Mm-hmm. I've read and, some of his. And Richard, well, who do you read for enjoyment? Right, like right now. Right now, I mean, but Richard Matheson was, I said, my major influence. Okay, Matheson. Um, he just did you know, his. I am Legend was his. Mm-hmm. But I read Jeffrey Deaver. I read Jeffrey Hunter. I love all the guns in his his books. Um, and I read a lot of people that you've never heard of because I get sent a lot of books that haven't been published yet. Is yeah. it repairmanjack.com? Repairmanjack.com. Great. F. Paul Wilson. Maybe we'll check back with you later this weekend since you'll be here the I'll entire be here the time whole and thing. see how things have gone. Uh, thank you for coming on Free Talk Live tonight. And, My pleasure. Uh, enjoy the rest of the evening here I at the will. Liberty Forum. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Of course, uh, we're here to take your calls tonight, as we always are, though we're in a little bit of a different location. Uh, Tonight we're broadcasting live from the 2008 Liberty Forum, brought to you by the Free State Project, uh, which, of course, we are Free State Project members, Mark. Uh, we moved here to New Hampshire over a year ago at this point, really, mm-hmm. almost coming up on a year and a half uh, now, and it's just been a wonderful experience so far. We were here last year for the very first uh, Free State Project Liberty Forum. The first one was a tremendous success, so inevitably there's a sequel, uh, and uh, and it, now this time there are more people here than last time. Luckily, the venue has changed. The hotel is bigger. We can actually walk down the hallway without running into people this time, but it's, uh, but there are actually more people here. Uh, it is, uh, it's an excellent event, and I highly recommend our listeners take a look into it, especially if they're in the New England area and uh, looking for something to do this weekend. This is the place to be. If you love freedom and you care about liberty in America, you want to be here because not only are there going to be hundreds of people that agree with you uh, to talk to and to meet and to, uh, to hang out with and uh, libate with, uh, as inevitably is going on right now, uh, there are also some wonderful libertarian speakers coming here. We've uh, already spoken with Law Enforcement Against Prohibition tonight. Uh, Peter Christ is here representing them this year. Last year it was Jack Cole. We got to talk to him last year, of course. Uh, and we just finished speaking with F. Paul Wilson, libertarian sci-fi author extraordinaire. From I got my book signed, too. Did. I and did. He's out there right now, I think, signing books uh, for the next hour or so, as I understand it. Uh, so come on out. He's going to be here all weekend, so if you miss it tonight, I'm sure if you ask nicely... 
he'll sign your book later. He's, he's a nice guy. Uh, so, so once again, that's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Speaking of people that uh, were wandering by, I saw Bernard Von Nothaus. I saw him, by. too. Did you see him? Yes. He looks uh, healthy and spry, and, and I was glad to see him. He's so. not in handcuffs. That's a good sign. Right. <laughs> and uh, just like Bernard Von Nothaus, sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollars offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November the 14th 2007. All of its precious, precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to libertydollar.org, sign up for their updates, register for the lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. Speaking of which, the Liberty Dollar is also now selling 2008 coins. So That's correct. Yeah, I think pieces. they're taking pre-orders at the, uh, this yeah. point for those, and I'm sure Bernard will tell us more about that later. Uh, so, so far we've had guests sitting in who I don't believe are actual Free State Project members, but coming up here in moments, we're, gonna go to the, we're going to the phones first, but coming up here in moments, uh, we have Matt Simon, who is uh, not only a Free State Project member, but also a super activist on the marijuana decriminalization front. We'll get to that, but let's first talk to Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Happy New Year's, fellas. Hey, Happy New Year to you as well and uh, everyone else there in uh, Montana and uh, the rest of our radio audience. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, um, well, I just wanted to say that I wouldn't, uh, like, uh, I mean, sometimes after listening to a lot of radio all day, you know, and I, well, I didn't mean, make a long story short, I, I didn't mean to make it sound like you guys weren't doing anything. I know all you guys are doing I don't even know lot. what you're referring to. What do you What do you mean when you say that? Well, you remember last time I called, you know, I, I was like, you know, all these I don't remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday, Jeremy, so <laughs> don't take it personally. As long yeah, as you were entertaining, Jeremy, that's all we care about. Yes. If you're entertaining, we want you to call. So don't worry about it. What were you calling about tonight? Oh, well, I, I was calling about this Free State Project. Yes, thing. sir. I mean, because I've always been a rambler of such as you guys probably have a little bit of an idea on that, I mm-hmm. mean, but... uh. Uh, if you um, move to New Hampshire, I mean, what are you supposed to, I mean, how do you get a place to live? Uh, how do you get a job? I mean, are you just supposed well, to that's... move there with all kinds of money? I it, don't no, get no, it. you don't have to have all kinds of money. I mean, a, a little bit of money might They've help. They've got jobs and places to live here, though, I you can know, assure you. A few hundred bucks in your pocket's probably a good idea. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Free State Project actually, and Jeremy, thank you for the call. We'll talk more about it here in a moment. The Free State Project has uh, people that they're dedicated, they're volunteers, and they're dedicated to helping you find a job. They're not going to go out and do the work for you, but they're going to point you in the right direction. They're going to point you to uh, the, you know, the organizations and the individuals that are offering jobs. There are, there are job postings right now uh, at freestateproject.org. And all kinds of suggestions and links. Uh, there's there's friendly Free State Project uh, friendly realtors all around the uh, the mm-hmm. state here that are more than happy to to show you prospective uh, rental places and, uh, and of course, no shortage of jobs here at all. It's a great economy here in New Hampshire, and of course it is because there's very little regulation in comparison to the surrounding states. Uh, so inevitably there are a, a, a plenty of opportunities around. Matt Simon from New Hamp- the New Hampshire Coalition for Common Sense. I mean, you moved in. How long ago has it been for you now? Matt? Almost two years, Ian. So, uh, do you work for yourself? What do you do for, I mean, how do you make money? I do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. <laughs> I've got a few different things that I call jobs, and they provide various amounts of uh, compensation. But there's a little bit of enough around here in New Hampshire to keep you uh, occupied. and uh, Absolutely the case. Absolutely the case. And it's easy to just show up, go to Murphy's Tap Room or one of the other gathering places, get to know some people and get plugged in, and people can help you find 
things like where to live and where to maybe go for employment. Some people have actually done that. They've actually just they they just figured throw it throw caution to the wind, get on the Greyhound bus, get a plane ticket, and come here to New Hampshire with you know maybe a few hundred dollars in their pocket, and they've managed to find a cra- you know a couch to crash on, uh, a small room to rent. And uh, a starter job and get their feet uh, feet wet here in the New Hampshire. Uh, yeah, I don't movement. recommend that for the most comfortable digs, no, but um, no. I suspect it would. I, but and I know possible. it works. I've seen it work. Right. My path was somewhat different. I, I think I set the record, I think, seven visits before I actually made the move. You want to make sure. You want to not only that, scout the entire state, figure out what's going on, what, what areas are like, and you don't. Yeah, I would encourage that. The whole state is uh, is beautiful, though. I mean, it's it's really hard to go wrong with New Hampshire. Uh, and, and I'm the, sort of the complete opposite. I never came up here before moving. I picked from a distance where I wanted to move. Luckily, found a, a, a realtor that was uh, was very good at what she was doing, and she led me in the right direction on a house. Uh, ended up getting a wonderful uh, home to live in, and uh, now we're here doing the show live six nights a week from New Hampshire. So, Matt, um, New Hampshire Coalition for Common Sense, and there's another organization you're involved with, but let's focus on that one for right now. What is it? What are you doing with that organization? Actually, it's just one organization. The New, oh, really? the New okay. Hampshire Coalition for Common Sense Marijuana Policy. Two websites, though. We have, we have a second website, which is focused entirely just on the presidential primaries, where we tried to go around all the town hall meetings and, and other various events and talk to these candidates and raise drug policy issue questions and get them to have to talk about an issue that most of them would prefer not to discuss. That's our Send the Right Message campaign, and we made a separate website for that to keep it separate from nhcommonsense.org, which is our home site where we focus on state policy reform. What's coming up this year uh, for New Hampshire? I mean, I understand that people around the country are obviously listening right now, but if New Hampshire can help lead the way in uh, some maybe some decriminalization efforts, then other people might uh, might follow suit. Mm-hmm. This is a case where I wouldn't call it exactly leading the way because 12 other states have already decriminalized marijuana since 1973. This is more a case of getting New Hampshire up to the front of the bus and you know changing our archaic sentencing for the penalties on the books are just outrageous. So when you say decriminalize, you mean that uh, they're reducing the penalties, not necessarily completely eliminating? Exactly. We're just talking about reducing the penalty for possession of marijuana, an ounce and a quarter or less, and making it a violation rather than a misdemeanor. So you can't be arrested. Uh, depends on what you mean by arrest, and I'm not entirely sure about that. But it's, it's a difference between a violation and a misdemeanor. It's a difference between a fine and the possibility of jail time, a record, and things like that. So we think it's a significant improvement. The 12 states that have that level of decrim are better off than we are. I would like to talk to you, if you've got time, uh, about Send the Right Message and what you're doing on the national level with these presidential candidates. I'm sure you have some stories to share. More on the way here. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got the bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts for you to surf around through serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all. It's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs. FreeTalkLive.com, and now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save ten percent. That's LegalZoom.com. 
com. We're here with uh, another Free State Project member and activist. Of course, most Free Staters are activists. Uh, Matt Simon from the New Hampshire Coalition for Common Sense. You do uh, two different sorts of things right now uh, as far as the activism world in the, uh, the world of uh, working on helping decriminalize marijuana, not only here in New Hampshire, but you've expanded out now. You've expanded out to, uh, to nationwide. And your website, sendtherightmessage.com, has been bird-dogging, I guess. Is that, is that the right term, bird-dogging? I don't use that term, but that's, that's the old-school term. It's okay. Been what done term for do you long. use? Uh, we don't even really have a term for it. Cornering? Uh, cornering. Sometimes it's cornering. Sometimes it's simply going and asking a question and trying to get a, a certain response. If it's a friendly candidate, I wouldn't call it cornering. I wouldn't say I cornered sure. Ron Paul or, <laughs> right. or Mike Gravel or Dennis Kucinich on the drug issue. They're all too happy to talk about it. Right. Now, you're talking about, um, is it the drug issue that SendTheRightMessage.com is, is promoting, or is it just marijuana? Actually, for Send the Right Message, we're, we're criticizing the entire war on drugs. Oh, trying okay, to absolutely get them to have, have to at least answer questions and discuss it, whereas otherwise they wouldn't. And, of course, right. we don't get a lot of straight answers from a lot of the front-runner types, mm-hmm. and, and they want to pretend it's a medical marijuana question, even if it's about legalizing marijuana completely, or, you know, they, they really don't like to answer the questions sure. as they're posed. And so it's been an exercise in apparent futility sometimes, but at the same time, I don't see it that way, because if you go to a Romney event or a McCain event or, or, or whatever, there are the entire New Hampshire media is sitting there in the room. If I'm a young reporter and I don't know which issues are important, you go to these events, you're going to leave thinking immigration, uh, health care, and the war are the only three important issues in the right. world. So we feel like for average citizens to go to these events and ask these questions, and even if you do get an invasion, you're raising an issue that's of importance, and if it keeps sure. being raised, that's you important. Know, it's, it's funny how um, important issues are said to be important. I mean, we've had an you know, for instance, illegal immigration. That's you'd think that that was the biggest issue sitting on the plate of uh, president's uh, you know, presidential hopefuls right now. And we've had people coming illegally into this country for the last 15 years if and before that. But why is it now such a big deal? Why is Bush a bad guy for having to, you know, it's just it doesn't make any sense. And I don't I don't know why it is that it's just politics works. What just, the issues are the, are the right. big issues are. Somebody picks it and they just harp on it for forever. You could chalk it up to the uh, the efficiency and effectiveness of the Tom Tancredo campaign if you like, but uh, that, that, <laughs> I don't think Tom, Tom, <laughs> I don't think Tom can t- take credit for it. I I don't I, 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 take I, Tom never... Tancredit. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, sendtherightmessage.com, you've been going to these presidential forums here in New Hampshire, usually with video cameras, right? So when you actually ask them the question about the war on drugs, it's not lost into the ether. You know, they don't answer once, and then nobody, you know, unless you were there, you didn't get to see it. Uh, you've got it videotaped. It goes up on YouTube, and everybody around the country can see these. Uh, these are on the website, right? Send the right message. Absolutely. Every, every video encounter is at the website, and I also wrote an article about each encounter, analyzing either the evasion or the answer, or whatever you want to call it, and was able to get you know, pretty good traffic out of that. And, yeah. and also on dig.com and other sites like that, we had some, some pretty good success. So um, who were some of the, the ones that really stuck out in your mind as far as their answers and as far as bad. bad. Well, I mean, either way, uh, good, bad. You know who the good ones are. Ron Paul. Dennis Kucinich, he's okay. I he still to wants to put drug too. dealers in jail. 
Well, I'd encourage you to go to the website and check out our anti-prohibitionist candidate report card where we condensed it all into one spot, and that also includes links to each YouTube video. And, okay. uh, for, I have for seen, I've seen the report card. Uh, I remember the Republicans. Isn't it pretty much every Republican except Ron Paul got an F, and Ron Paul got an A-plus as far as the, the, the war on drugs? That's the case. Tancredo actually got a C. Oh, really? I, here I bring okay. him up again, because despite the fact that he's a prohibitionist, he voted against medical marijuana in the Colorado state legislature, but he believes that the Constitution still means something and, and that, that federal interference when, when a state passes a law, that even if Nevada succeeded in legalized marijuana like they tried to do, then he would not interfere. Right. So that we thought was a good answer. We gave him a C. And they're trying again, by the way, in Nevada. They are going to give it another shot, I think, in this uh, this upcoming 2008 election to, uh, once again, try to re-legalize uh, marijuana. So, very cool. You guys are doing some great work over there. People can go to SendTheRightMessage.com to see the videos. How can they get involved if they are, you know, not in New Hampshire? Is it possible for them to somehow help your organization? Actually, we're unable, beginning in a few days, to ask candidates questions because, unlike the last nine months... They're not coming here at all anymore. They're done with us. So when they come to your state, wherever you are, and you have a chance to go to an event, absolutely turn up. It's worth doing. Go ask a question at one of these events, and whatever question you think will get a reaction out of the candidate that you're going to see, it's a useful thing to do. If they get some video of it, uh, can they get it to you? Absolutely. If people continue to make news, and if they want to share the videos with us, we'll we'll stick them up on the website. I'll write an article about it if I have time. You get uh, published on the Huffington Post, which is a fairly popular blog, as I understand Absolutely. It. They've run my last 12 articles, actually, and that's gotten us an awful lot of traffic. I've been really happy with that. So if people go and they go to these presidential forums, what do you recommend as far as technique? Um, I mean, I'm sure one of the, I don't know if you're doing this on your website, but you might want to consider maybe t- boiling down some of the things you've learned about how to ask questions, because you don't want people to make the same mistakes you've already done. So if you've figured out what the best questions to ask are, you you know for certain what the worst questions are, maybe maybe uh, write up an article right. how, about How that long and, should the question be? Have you be? done that yet? I don't know. I haven't written an article yet, and... Uh, I perhaps I should do that. Really, it's different from candidate to candidate and from sure. type event to a type of event. A town hall is one thing. A meet and greet at somebody's house is another. Right. If they come to a restaurant to shake hands, you know, we, we were able to get successful encounters at various types of things. I like the town halls best because you have the public. You know, that's the the public interacting with the candidate. Potential voters are, are there, and when you ask a question, if it's a McCain event or, or a big event, it, you know, hundreds of people hear it, sure. and the media hears it, and it's broadcast on C-SPAN. You know, I've had people in other states say, "Oh, I was watching C-SPAN the other day, and I heard one of your friends ask a question." Mm-hmm. That's great. You know, I've been to a couple of these where the the candidates are trying to, you know, get all the people doing their retail politics here in New Hampshire, trying to get people to vote for them and that kind of thing. And I've thought about asking questions. I, I raise my hand every time they ask for questions. I raise my hand. I'm going to get something in. And my question just gets long in my mind. I have never, they've never called on me. Maybe I have that look in my eye that they know that I'm asking <laughs> something. But um, my question gets longer and longer. And, uh, right. you know, but pretty soon I'm, I've got a dissertation going. My advice there, Mark, is simply to be prepared, know what question you want to right. advance, ask in advance. And Jot it if down. you have it written down, you can pull it out and read it. I was so nervous when I went to Rudy Giuliani's town hall that I, I definitely had the question written down. And when he was done talking, I think everybody was so petrified from all the things that he was saying. You know, he's spreading his message <laughs> yeah. of fear and scaring the pants off of 9/11, people. 9-11, 9-11. And as soon as he was done, I just kept telling myself, stick your hand up in the air the second he's done talking. And I did. And nobody else did. Everybody right. else was too scared to do it. And he called on me and even made a comment about it. It's like, well, the, the only hand I see is this gentleman right there. So what's your and question? You got it. 
Very good. One of the other things you might want to consider, if you if you uh, have some other friends that are of the same mindset and are willing to come with you, uh, go t- together to this event and spread yourself out throughout the crowd, right? That way you've got mm-hmm. multiple people raising their hands all at the same time, thereby increasing your odds of uh, being called on. Yes, we sometimes had four or five people for events, not counting the camera person, and everybody had the same questions printed out you know, in advance and, and a plan, basically. And other times we just kind of winged it a little more, but it was fun. Very what, cool. What about the people in the – you had people in wheelchairs asking questions, that kind of thing. Are they more likely to get called, less likely? That was another campaign. That was Granite Staters for Medical Marijuana. Oh, God, they, I, they, I just don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it was, they, they only asked questions about medical marijuana, and, and it was patients asking the questions for the most part. And we, we, we left that, that aspect of, of, of the larger drug policy issue to them and focused on other, other issues. I think it's so great that we have enough organizations now to where we can really compartmentalize in that way and, uh, and focus in on uh, different issues. And Matt Simon from NH Common Sense and Send the Right Message, uh, nhcommonsense.org, sendtherightmessage.com. Thanks for stopping in tonight being on Free Talk Live. Thank you. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. The man behind the Liberty Dollar is next. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we'd like to invite you to shop with us at the Free Talk Live store. Just head over to store.freetalklive.com and order all kinds of great Free Talk Live-related merchandise. Uh, one of our listeners is sitting in the studio with a very nice Free Talk Live T-shirt on. Uh, we, of course, also have... Uh, the T-shirts are actually available in two different colors, uh, and uh, yellow and black, which, of course, the Free Talk Live colors. Uh, we also have uh, the Free Talk Live bowling shirt. I will be sporting that later this weekend. I don't know if you brought yours uh, this weekend, Mark. I did. Shirt. It's short sleeve. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it is toasty warm in this hotel. I've yeah. had, even had to take my snow boots off. I don't think I've done that even yeah, I'm, sleep. I'm, in I'm sitting here in socks weeks. as well right now. Uh, so go over to store.freetalklive.com. And go ahead and place your order for some great Free Talk Live merchandise. Uh, so, we need to go to the phones real quick, and then we're going to get to our next guest, uh, Bernard von Nothaus from the Liberty Dollar. But Niva is on the line in Texas. Niva, you're on Free Talk Live. Thanks. Um, glad I had that little time to wait. It kind of helped me calm down. Because, okay. Um, I was watching the Iowa caucus, and they were... They're, they're, they have the process down, and they called Ward 1, Ward 2, Ward 3, one, Ward 4, and you go to whichever table you're supposed to go at, and they find, they ask your name, they find your name, and they say initial here. Very orderly. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit later on, there was this guy that was kind of going behind. I mean, people were not yet to the tables, and he was said, he said, this is, this is my own idea. It's called curbside check-in. And he had uh, the ballots were just like if you had a, a four by six post-it note or something, and you know you take that and you write the name when at the proper time you write the name of the person that you think you, you want. Okay. And then you turn that in. But right at this point, he was going and he was passing the ballots out and he was writing the name of the people down, and I heard him say, 
this will speed up things. I will go back and write your initials beside your name. So what are you suggesting here? I mean, what, what is I'm suggesting trickster? that people should have the opportunity to initial their own name and not have someone initial it for them. I see. So he's basically, uh, might have been a scam artist, might have been untrustworthy. Where well, did it's, you good see? There, it's good that there are cameras on him, and uh, right. you know, we now know who we he is. know more about it. Neva, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Bernard von Nothaus is the man, uh, the monetary architect behind the Liberty Dollar. Mark, you you holding your hand up? What? No, I was just uh, I was just saying I've got a real quick report here that so far, uh, with 2% of the uh, precincts reporting in Iowa... 2%'s not worth reporting. Uh, 11% anyway, for Ron Paul. Bernard von Nothaus uh, is here, and... And he is the man behind the Liberty Dollar, uh, the monetary architect. Uh, Bernard, we've had you on the show before. Last time was on uh, Pork Fest. Actually, I think we had actually had you by phone uh, after the the raid mm. on your organization. Of course, we talked about that for three hours straight on Free Talk. Your big news, Bernard. It was <laughs> huge. They came in. What was it like six, eight in the morning or something? What time did they come in there? Actually, we opened at eight thirty, and they were there just right after eight o'clock. When the ladies arrived, they were there. Hmm. And right. this is the, the FBI and Secret Service working together. Yeah, about a dozen a dozen federalities they, uh, raided us. They came in, and they took everything. Well, they didn't take the furniture. They took everything but the furniture. They've got plenty of furniture. They, but so. they, what they don't have enough of, apparently, is gold and silver Who and does? copper. And right. uh, they took all of that. Uh, it, I'm amazed that you guys were able to bounce back as well as you have. Uh, the Liberty Dollar organization still going on. Uh, in fact, you sent out an email this week saying that you're going to put out a new uh, 2008 Liberty Dollar. We're open for business. Why, why is that? Aren't you concerned they're going to kick in the door again? Awesome. No, I, I'm not that concerned. Uh, plus the fact that we're just answering the call of the marketplace. In People still want them. Absolutely. Uh, you read that alert. I mean, basically, you know, the RCL network told me either produce something or we're going to make our own. Right. You know, uh, plus the fact is that, you know, there's been no cease and desist order. So why shouldn't we stay in business? And there's, there's also been no arrest. They took well, all your stuff. That arrest is going to take some time. Why? Know? Oh, well, how, come, how come they can come take your crap and they, can, and they don't arrest you? How do they get to do that? Well, that's the process, you know, uh, because, uh, well, just, it it really is the process. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for them to arrest me, they have to have a um, an indictment, and they have to get that indictment from a, grand, a federal grand jury. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Doug Jackson, who started eGold, and he mm-hmm. told me that after they raided him, it took a year and a half on the grand jury to hand down an indictment. Mm-hmm. A year and a half. Wow. Why so long? They're slow. It's government. Okay. We're, we're talking about the government. Okay. We're, talking, we're talking about slow here. I okay. mean, if they were really fast, they'd be supporting Liberty Dollar. <laughs> right. You know. Uh, no, these people are just slow. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't work for the government. Yeah. 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 So it takes some, ti- takes some time. So you think it's coming then? Uh, I think it's ta- coming. I think it's going to take some time. And, I mean, I, I, actually, you know, I wasn't that informed or as well informed after the raid. Uh, because I was uh, wondering if I was going to be here tonight, to be honest with you, right. because uh, right. I didn't know if I was going to be arrested the next week. Uh, and then I went off and I drove up to Evansville to check out what was happening. I thought I might be arrested while I was in trance. I mean, I didn't know. But after I talked to Doug and I found out there was a year and a half, I went, wow. a year and a half? Well, hell, let's get on with the show. Right. Yeah. Well, I've got things you, to do. Yeah, yeah at least exactly. you have time to get your affairs in order. I mean, you, you know it's coming. 
Well, well I, I know it's coming. I just don't know when it's coming, you know. And quite frankly, I don't care. I've, how, I've kind of given up on it. How know? would that affect the lawsuit? Right now, there are thousands of people who have joined the, the lawsuit with you and the Liberty Dollar in order to get their money back. I mean, because the government, they weren't just taking your gold and silver, oh, no, they were taking, th- you know, yeah. hundreds of orders that were sitting there waiting to go out the door from your customers. So the federal government has, in effect, literally stolen their, uh, their product from them. Uh, well, they haven't stolen it, but they've confiscated it. And uh, actually, there's... Uh, well, if they don't get it back, then they've stolen it, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. Uh, so it's a technicality. They don't have it. Uh, they're deprived of it. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Right. You've heard that little phrase. Um, <laughs> minor details. Uh, but in any case, you know, but we could, if we had a moment here, to kind of clarify something here. Sure. Because there's a variety of confiscations that's happened. Okay, like they confiscated everything at the fulfillment office mm-hmm. that was about to be shipped out, like the the two tons of Ron Paul coppers. Okay, right. All right. So you know that was product that we had sold that we were ready to ship to people. Okay, and that's been confiscated. Got it. Okay. They also raided the warehouse in Coeur d'Alene, mm-hmm. and they confiscated all of that property. Now none of that property is mine. All that property backs up the paper certificates and the digital Liberty Dollars. Right. Okay? And so all that property is actually the property of the certificate holders. Right. So it's the the, the, dollar, the, the Liberty Dollar that I have, the paper one, right. um, that says that I can redeem this for silver. That's the silver you're talking about. That's the, that's the, there's two different lawsuits here. Because, you know, there's, there's, well, there's actually probably going to be three different lawsuits. Okay. okay. I mean, there's a whole bunch. I mean, you know, listen, they took about $4 million. I mean, this isn't Jeez. chopped liver here. I yeah. Mean, uh, so, you know, there's, there's the silver that was taken, the gold and silver that was taken out of Sunshine that was backing up certificates. Okay. So that's one lawsuit right there, mm-hmm. you know. And then there is the lawsuit that we had pending even before the raid happened. Okay, that was for declaratory judgment. We were suing the United States government. So we, there was that, that was when lawsuit. they were that was when they were accusing the Liberty Dollar organization of being illegal. Right of of the actual product itself. No, 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 not the product. The usage? not the manu. Right, only not not the manufacture, distribution, or even possession. Okay, we're not talking about drugs here. Mm-hmm. We're just simply talking about use of it. Okay. And that was Title 18486. So we were already suing them. So that was a lawsuit that we had happening. So now we got that lawsuit, which is still pending right now. And so then the other one's for the Ron Paul coppers that were ready to go out the door. Well, that's a, that's a third one. Then there's the right. one for the that was product that was not mine that was in Sunshine. And then there's another one for the product that they confiscated against the orders that are pending. Right. Right. And You've we, got your hands full with all this. I mean, this well, is that's amazing. only part of it because then there's going to be then there's going to be criminal charges. You know. Right. I mean, I've got about a half a dozen things. You know, there's no shortage of me. Things to work on right now. But, and, and you guys have a lot uh, coming, down, uh, coming up soon. The 2008 Liberty Dollar. I know you just got in tonight. You're tired. You're going to be here all weekend, though, right? Are you going to be... Uh, I'm going to be here all weekend. You're keynoting on Friday, Friday night. night. Yes, tomorrow night. We're going to be doing our show, so we're going to miss it. So I'm hoping oh, that maybe we can get too you... Too bad. That's going to be, that's going to be, that's going to be good, I think. Maybe I you could come out on Free Talk Live on Friday night after you get done with the keynote, if it's uh, before 10 o'clock, or maybe Saturday night. Come back on the show and give us like the executive summary. That way our listeners can kind of get in on it. Unfortunately, uh, your listeners are not going to be able to see the keynote. Um, What's that mean? 
I hear the music in the background. It's so visual. Teaser. Yeah, no. we can't. We can't hold you through, Bernard. Hour three is on the way. We've got other guests scheduled, but we want we want you back this weekend. Will you come back? I'll uh, come back. Anytime. Okay, great. Let well, me know. Enjoy the rest of the night. Enjoy the Liberty Forum, and we'll see you here. I'm again, as I'm happy later this weekend. Hour three is on the way. The president of the Free State Project will be joining us, and we will hear from you as well if you dial in eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. As we roll into hour number three of the program, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away completely free. Uh, Once again, that is freetalklive.com. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Uh, So, we are here again at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, the second New Hampshire Liberty Forum, for two, uh, the f- second one total, first one in 2008, the only one in 2008. Uh, it's taking place in Nashua this time around. Last time it was Concord, and I have to say I think that the change of venue, the change of location was a good idea. Not to say that Concord is a bad place necessarily. It's, it's a little more convenient to Manchester Airport. There's a free shuttle uh, that will get you here if you're spending your time in the hotel, and that's just a little bit more convenient, so... Though uh, I think it's a good idea to rent a car and drive around the state to see the sights. You could certainly get away without renting a car. Come on up here. If you're in the New England area, uh, make, it, uh, make, it, make a trip to the Liberty Forum because there are going to be so many people uh, speaking here that you are going to want to see. We just talked with Bernard von Nothaus from the Liberty Dollar. He's the keynote speaker for tomorrow night. Uh, also, we've spoken with Peter Chris so far tonight from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Uh, people are just all over the map from the uh, the, the Liberty Movement. Uh, we've got people that are that are anti-tax. We've got uh, anti-drug war people. I guess pro you know pro liberty. Uh, Barry Cooper is going to be here from NeverGetBusted.com. Looking forward to meeting him. Yeah, I haven't seen Barry yet. I better keep an eye out for him. I imagine he'll be showing up probably uh, sometime tomorrow or Saturday. And I'm just looking at this list of speakers, and it just it's tremendous. It's even better. Better than it was last year, and last year it was a, an awesome event. Uh, and so once again, Free Talk Live has the uh, the exclusive honor of being here every single night, broadcasting live. And I want to welcome our next guest sitting in here on the third microphone. Of course, phone lines are always open for you at 800-259-9231. Uh, but I want to welcome Irina Goddard, the president, new president of the Free State Project. Hello, Irina. Hello, Ian. Hello, Mark. Hi. It is good to have you here with us tonight. And you were actually the organizer last year of the Liberty Forum, so this year you've taken it a little bit easier, I guess, right? Is it is it more difficult or less difficult for you this time? Well, I have to say, so far it has been a pleasure to be here. I have not been involved in the in the micromanagement of the event, so mm-hmm. I have been able to enjoy and talk to the speakers and panelists as they're coming in. So uh, I do have to say that I'm a little less stressed, but at the same time, I have a big speech tomorrow, so I guess I'm a little stressed. <laughs> when is your speech? Is it the morning, the opening? It's in the morning, yes. Now, um, how, how many, what are the numbers comparing like? Now, we've heard there are like 300 registrations or something like that. What are they comparing to um, last year? I mean, is it going to be bigger, smaller, or what's, what's happening? Well, last year, uh, when we started our event, I think we had about close to 300. I don't think it was 300. Okay. But um, there were a fair amount of people who just walked in during Mm -hmm. that weekend. And I think since we already have over 300 when we started, I would assume it's going to be a little larger than last year. How much, we don't know. And I think Sunday, from what I've heard, it's going to be humongous. So how many people can you accommodate to uh, see Ron Paul speak on Sunday? 
Oh, it's a it's a big uh, uh, big hall. It's in the ballroom. I'm not sure what the capacity, but I think the capacity. Well, it looks like uh, it it's, it's a it's a big room, much bigger than last year. So I don't know, 400, 500. It could it, it could um, hold. Well, excellent. Uh, I know that there are a lot of people looking forward to that, and people can come out here to the Liberty Forum for a one-day occasion. So if all you have is a day and you want to see Ron Paul, I'm imagining he's going to be out shaking hands and that sort of thing, because that's the kind of guy he is. Uh, so you want to meet Ron Paul, Sunday is going to be the day yeah. uh, to come out and do that. But uh, So we've got uh, Bernard Von Nothaus going to be keynoting tomorrow night. What are some of the events that you personally are most excited about? What are some of the things that are going to be happening here at the Liberty Forum that you're looking forward to attending? Because there's so much to choose from. I mean, during the day tomorrow, there are different panel sessions. Uh, there are different panel sessions going on concurrently. So inevitably, you usually have at least three, if not four, different events uh, that you can go to at any given moment in time. So it can be sometimes a little difficult to choose. Uh, what's the president of the Free State Project going to be experiencing this weekend? Well, um, I'm definitely very much puckered up to see... Um um, Bernard von Nothaus to mm-hmm. see tomorrow night. Yeah, he's going to uh, be good. He's going to be very good. Um, also, I would actually like to see some of the panels. I have to say that I really do like the interchange between the various speakers and, and the feedback from the audience, the question and answer. So even though I know that we have some superstar speakers that are coming in, mm-hmm. I like to actually talk to the attendees and get to know what they think. And through the panel discussion is the best way I can do that. So that's really what I'm looking forward to. I agree with you entirely. I think a good speaker is great to have one good speaker a day. You know, somebody who's going to really get people whipped up. Um, you know, somebody can uh, – an orator. But I like um, people changing ideas. I do actually hear things that I hadn't heard before and people's opinions that I hadn't heard in the same way inside these panels. And that's what I find most interesting. And, and frankly, you know, in my role now – uh, we are trying to get, you know, achieve having more participants move to New Hampshire. So what people and attendees and participants think is actually very important to me. So uh, I, that in that role, that's why I'm also going to be mostly at panels. Now, uh, tell us about some of the panels. I mean, what, uh, there's education panel, the made the movement panel. Mm-hmm. That uh, one, I'm looking forward to seeing that one yeah. because that's one of the real, uh, I think, important panels for people that are new to the Free State Project. And the, the Liberty Forum is it's not just about getting liberty lovers together, though it's certainly good at doing that. It's also about introducing people to the Free State Project, giving them an opportunity, an excuse to go around and, and see the state. Uh, and Showcasing them. this amazing movement. Right, but, but also to showcase some of the activists that have already made the move, and that's what the, the, the Made exactly. the Move panel is, and get their stories and get their personal experiences as to, you know, what was it like? Inevitably, you're going to have different experiences. You're going to have somebody who just sort of, you know, on a whim got on a bus and came up here and then there's going to be the family that had strings to tie up and you know they had to to make sure things were taken care of before they got up here and so there's a variety of different experiences here and it's just it's fascinating to hear the individual stories absolutely and at the end of the day you know it it is a difficult complex decision to come uh, and and once people make it, then you got to worry about the logistics and and hearing the stories of how people have done it, you know, sometimes it's just getting on a plane and coming. But mm-hmm. like you said, if it's a family, this is a, it's a big deal. It's it's a it's a big you know journey. A business owner too. I mean, the business owner is more difficult. Business for them owners too. as well. So. Um, you know, uh, th- those are the barriers for people making the decision, and, and I want to understand what they are. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to the panels. Excellent. So uh, we're looking forward to it. 
in regards to the panels, it's not just you don't just get the chance to meet these people at the panel. That's when they're sitting up on a stage and they're talking. But afterwards, they're here at the the forum all weekend long. Yeah. I mean, you can spend uh, as yeah. much time as you'd like. Uh, one of reasonable. the main differences that we have between last year's forum and this year's forum is tonight's event where we had the mingle on Thursday night. I love that. That was uh, brilliant. Idea. I, I agree. I think it has it's really worked out very well. And the second thing is to have a lunch table topic uh, where people can come and speak to the speakers as well as the panelists and um, ask them questions in an informal environment. Last year, because we were so packed, I mean, we pretty much just, just scheduled a lunch in there and people kind of went off and did their thing. But this year, we are having it on the schedule, that lunch, mm-hmm. have, give the opportunity to feed the people here and, and at the same time do an informal session where they can talk and ask questions you know, to whoever they want because we do have um, people sign tables so they can sign up to, to speak to them. And I think that will also be a tremendous benefit to the attendees this year. That's fantastic. Yeah. Really looking forward to uh, to the rest of the weekend. It's going to be another exciting yeah. event, and it's affordable too. What does it cost for somebody to spend the entire weekend at the Liberty Forum? Well, I mean, just excluding the hotel cost, what is the the uh, the actual price? I think it's two two hundred bucks or something. I think it was two forty nine, which included the keynote dinners. Wow, that's actually yeah. pretty affordable yeah. because. In, and I tell you, this is a very nice hotel from last it year. It is. I was shocked. <laughs> I came in here and. I was a little blown away because last year was the Holiday Inn. I don't even. What is the brand on this hotel? I'm not even this sure. This is uh, Crown, Crown Plaza. Crown Plaza. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, very I, nice. I'm such a low budget hotel guy. I've never heard of the Crown Plaza. It's that good of <laughs> well, a hotel. We always go to the nice ones for the conventions because most people put, won't put up with uh, right. car- cardboard beds and uh, um, you know uh, yeah. pillows but, that are infested. But, <laughs> but I think that the, the big difference is that the the, the, the hallways here and the, the conference rooms. They're much roomier, yeah. uh, so people do have little nooks and crannies where they can sneak and have a discussion with other attendees, right. with the panelists, with the speakers. So there's much more interaction going on, and and because we are all, I would think, self-starters and kind of you know motivated, get to know you know get to know the issues, sure. get to know the people. So I think having this informal aspect to the. Um, uh, to the forum is really great. It's wonderful, and I think it's already eclipsing the uh, the last year's edition of the uh, the forum. Irina, thanks for stopping in tonight on Free Talk Live. We'll come Thank back you. with more. Your calls as well. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Uh, and uh, some of those features include the wiki. We've got over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. You can get in there and edit the wiki to your heart's content. Just head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. W-I-K-I. FreeTalkLive.com. 800-259-9231. Even though we are live on location here at the Liberty Forum, the 2008 Liberty Forum in Nashua, New Hampshire, at the Crown Plaza Hotel. Beautiful location. A wonderful place to be. Great people to be surrounding yourself with. Liberty lovers, hundreds of them all in the same place. You should be here this weekend if you have the opportunity at all to come out. Uh, you definitely don't want to miss it. If you have to miss it, you should keep tuned in to Free Talk Live because we're going to be here live uh, both tomorrow and Saturday night. And uh, we'll bring you as many different guests as we possibly can and, of course, take your calls as well. Uh, and, and, and as uh, normal, when we do a live broadcast, we always have a third microphone. 
And not only will we get Libertarian Luminaries uh, in to talk with us, we'll also have some of our listeners come by and sit in, and, you know, sometimes just random people that have never listened to the show. They'll come in and, yeah, we get and, those all the time. and talk to us. Uh, but one of our listeners is sitting in on uh, the third mic right now. His name is Sam in Texas. Well, on the air, he's always <laughs> called Sam in Texas. You've probably heard his calls. Uh, Sam, welcome to the program. Hey, guys. Thank you. It's good to have you here. And uh, in case our listeners are just tuning in, you are somebody who has been really getting active in a, in a great way outside of New Hampshire. Now, you're a Free State Project member, and inevitably you are going to be moving here at some point uh, soon, I, I believe. Yeah, correct. I'm moving in the next three to six months is my plan right now. And I, I don't see it that I'm getting active. It's, it's simply that the government continues to step in and interfere in my life. So when they do that, I make it as difficult for them as possible. That's an interesting way to view it. How's that going? Pretty good. <laughs> okay, good. So two of the things that I know of that you're, you're very, very good at doing is um, going on – you travel a lot by, mm-hmm. by air. And you never show government identification Correct. to government people when you travel. Correct. Uh, really, because I don't think you should have to ask permission to travel inside of your own country. I mean, in a, in a free country, you really should be able to travel without going to the government and begging for permission. And what people don't realize is that when they're asking for ID, that is a search on its own. It's true. It's, it's and you're consenting. You to, and you're consenting, you're, yes. You're turning out your wallet to some extent. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you know, bringing, you're showing them something. So at least right now... In this country, it isn't mandatory that you show ID. They're asking you. They want you to think that it's mandatory, but it's actually not. Yeah, there was some speculation, and I think you guys covered a story where in 2008 they might have been changing the rules, but I flew today on the way out here without showing ID. Didn't go any any differently than it normally does. It will get you a secondary screening. It does. So they'll pat you down, give you a little extra attention, that sort of thing. But that leads to some interesting conversations, and I've took some uh, quotes from the guy on the way out. Oh, today? This is fresh. Then. Yes. What, uh, what did you experience? Well, he saw, I had a camera that I was taking through. He asked, you know, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm making a documentary. Mm-hmm. What on? I said, oh, uh, TSA abuse of power. And he, <laughs> he <kind> of, <laughs> Diminishing freedom in America. He looked at me. He's like, I don't have any problem with that. I go, no, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we got into it, though, but that, that kind of triggered him. And he said, uh, I, I told him it's on the liberty movement. He said, oh, those cameras are everywhere. So that was something that we kind of connected on, huh. uh, and he wants to see the cameras go away. He thinks that uh, privacy is really gone in America, and here he is working for the TSA. So I turned it right back around on him and said, hey, uh, what about the TSA? That's a perfect example. And that's where he, uh, he made some statements. One of them, he says, well, you know, the way I feel about it is if you're going to do security, you can't do customer service, too. Well, so he says, basically, um, you know, if, if, if you're doing security work, you can't be nice to people. You can't yeah, be, that's you know. basically like Walmart saying, uh, you know, we're going to have low prices, but we can't do customer service as well. Who can it's, get away with that? It's a snappy little phrase, but just not so. I mean, there's lots of companies that provide both security and customer service. Absolutely. Especially considering we pay his paycheck, so we're the, his employers. Well, mm, well, whoever, whoever, signing the checks. I'm not signing them, but they're they're (laughs) they're stealing my money and using it to pay him. Whoever buys a ticket is paying five bucks to the TSA every time you fly. Okay, for every segment. Another thing that he said was, um, oh gosh, the way I feel, you come through here, you don't have any rights till we clear you, and you're out of out of 
this area. Well, he doesn't know a damn thing about rights, then, does he? Well, right? but apparently he thinks he could beat you with a baseball bat in you know his little secure area, and that's what he'd be right. okay with doing. Wow. It's just amazing. Uh, the other I mean, thing, and and so much for these rights being endowed by your creator. I mean, except for he gives you the rights when he's ready, right? And then the last thing that he said I thought was interesting was, see, I've been here five years. Uh, they have changed what we call the SOP. I think that's Standard, standard Operating, operating Procedure. procedure uh, five times to accommodate people that gripe. So to him, it's not even a, a – he doesn't even look at it as an opportunity to provide better customer service. He looks at it as a big burden that he's been uh, – that's been hoisted upon him mm-hmm. because of these whiny, complaining customers. Right. How dare you? Yeah, How exactly. dare you complain about being abused by and, him? And what businesses are run that way? Uh, none. None that want to make a profit, at <laughs> <Exactly>. least. <laughs> you know, maybe you'll have some employees that are uh, put out with uh, having to deal with customers, but uh, usually they don't, they don't stay around a long time. You know, a crabby, nasty employee, well, is really just qualified to be a bureaucrat like this guy is. Exactly. Now, you have um, a, little, uh, a little folder that you give, that you hold your ticket in and stuff like that. And it's uh, what you should know about the TSA. Looks very official. It's Looks like slick. this is pretty. Yeah, it's nice. Um, it, what does what kind of response does this get from the TSA? Most of the time, they ignore it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of printing. I don't think that they could look at it very quickly or anything like that. But it, uh, what well, do you do with it? it? it what I do is uh, there's a slot right here in the back that's um, where the tickets actually goes into the ticket right. holder. Yeah. And then I hand that to them as they ask for my boarding pass. So I'm actually, it's a petition for redress of grievances. So I'm handing that to the government to say, here's my petition. (laughs) Now, these are people to train to look for things out of the ordinary. And half the time, they'll hold that in their hand for 10 minutes, not even realize what the title is. It just, it blows my mind. Wow, you know, well, you're also, is, for one thing, I can tell you that it's it's printed that well. Um, okay. That's one reason why they're not quite getting possibly. It. It, it it could be a track. It doesn't it look like anything. a manifesto, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's not scrawled on toilet yeah. paper. I mean, you know, I mean, that would get their attention, my friend. Probably. But people can can they get this? Can they download this? Not so yet. That's um, going to be soon, though, right? You're going to do. That. I'll work on that. I'll I don't think the that. printers can can handle it. Yeah, we had to send it to a professional printer okay. because of the edges and so forth to make it come out that nice. Right, right. It's very good. And, you know, you're doing some also some really great work with YouTube now. You've got your mm-hmm. own YouTube channel, and you've been sort of encountering some police officers and some government bureaucrats. And I love the way that you handle them and how you handle their questioning. And, and I wish we had more time to talk about that. But maybe you can come back and tell us more about that later this weekend because we're okay. going to be here for two more days. Uh, but people can go to your YouTube channel. What is that? Uh, obscured Truth, youtube.com slash Obscured Truth. Excellent. All one word. Highly recommended. I'm a subscriber, and I uh, highly recommend you go and check it out. Sam in Texas, good seeing you, man, and uh, thanks for coming out to the Liberty Forum this weekend. Keep Thank up the you. great work. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. I think I see Gardner Goldsmith, our uh, our buddy. He's going to be here shortly. We'll talk to him and talk to you about whatever you want. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And now Guard. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Well, he's a co-host. Hey, hey. And now Guard. Uh, we've been having guests in here all night long. Uh, we had Bernard von Nothaus tonight. Awesome. We had Peter Peter Christ from uh, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Had yeah. a nice long conversation with him. Uh, Irina Goddard stopped in from uh, the, the beautiful Irina Project. Goddard. Awesome and, woman. Uh, 
Who else did we talk to? Matt Simon from NH Common Sense as well. It's been a great night so far tonight. Still enough time for your calls. In fact, we've got a couple holding. We're going to get to them, and then we'll talk about uh, what you've been doing here tonight. You got it, buddy. And what your plans are for the rest of the weekend here at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Gardner. Yes, my man. Do you want to pay higher prices for goods and services? Hmm. Sounds like I should work for the government. (laughs) Well, you do every time somebody doesn't pay their bills. That's one of the many compelling reasons that SACL CAI has been the cornerstone of collections for more than 35 years. Before you pay higher prices, think whether the business, be it bank, hospital, retail store, or utility, can use some help with their collections to contain costs. So they're not passed on to you. Tell them to call the dedicated collections experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Find out what they're all about. It's great, great time here. Absolutely. Yeah. Our number here tonight is 800-259-9231. We're going to go right into your phone calls uh, across the pond first. Uh, appropriate that he happens to call in while you're here. Uh, Ziggy, Ziggy in the UK. Yeah. Ziggy, people, Hi, are, people are screaming hey, for Ziggy, you Ziggy, you've got, you got a crowd here, fans here, and I'm sorry I haven't been able to email you back, buddy. Yeah, um, by the way, what was that book you recommended me? I, I didn't jot it down in time. Oh, uh, well... The Anti-Unitarian book. Oh, uh, The Lathe of Heaven is a, is a terrific book by Ursula Le Guin, and uh, in it she... Oh, her from Earthsea, the Earthsea. Yes, book, yes, book exactly, yeah. exactly. Great what story. Is this? It's called The Lathe of Heaven. It's about a guy whose dreams can change reality. Wow. And, uh, right. and she's very critical. She also has another short story called, I think, Those Who Leave Omila, which is a real criticism of the Panopticon idea of, uh, of David Hume. It's a Who? wicked. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good stuff. It's fun Mark, stuff. Mark, you're and, bleeding. Uh, yeah, lay, yeah, just on your chin there. And so, uh, That's right there. Yeah, Lathe of Heaven is, is it, Ziggy. It's great stuff. And uh, it's, uh, it's a wonderful uh, DVD as well, the original that they made. On public television in the United States, one of the few things public TV has done that's been good. If you get a chance, check it out on DVD, The Lay the Heaven. Good stuff. I, I will, dude. Um, I just want to say, um, it's great to see libertarians active in the United States. Um, this would ne- Nothing like the Liberty Forum would ever happen in, in, over here. Um, <laughs> well, it didn't happen here only, until two years ago, so... <laughs> the only notable libertarian organization in this country is the Libertarian Alliance, that you might have heard of. Um, and basically, they're too busy intellectually masturbating with one another to actually do any proactive work. Yep, that yeah. sounds like a lot of the problems that many of the liberty organizations suffer from here in, in America, particularly the Libertarian Party. Uh, and, and this is not to slight all of the Libertarian Party members. It's just my experience in being involved in the Libertarian Party in the past. It's just them sitting yeah. around, and it's like a debate club, and nothing yeah, ever exactly. gets done. Now, there's nothing wrong with philosophical it's, debate. It's stimulating conversation, sure. But, but uh, when yeah. you don't actually put your boots on the ground and go out and do outreach and talk to people and spread the message of liberty, you're not really affecting any ch- real change. And you know, Ziggy, that's and one of the... It, and, and if you're only one person, you feel like you're pissing in the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's absolutely true. When you find kindred spirits, that's why the, the Liberty Forum is so much fun, Ziggy, and that's why shows like Free Talk Live are so great, because you know here you are all the way over in, in Great Britain talking to us about uh, TV ideas, music, liberty, freedom ideas, and, and you know real policy ideas on frequent occasions when you call, and other people are listening in all sorts of places around the world online and on radio stations, and uh, they find, hey, there's, there's a commonality with this really interesting guy over in Britain. This is great, and you mm-hmm. find kindred spirits. It's awesome. Oh, but before I go, I have to say, I took Mark's advice, and I remember a few days ago, he said that the podcast um, listeners should sign up for the AMP program. 
The, the, oh, yeah, the podcasters should sign up for the AMP program, uh-huh. Yeah, I did today. Excellent, All Ziggy. Right. Thank you. Congratulations, Ziggy. Yeah. We really appreciate it. It will probably take me a few days to uh, to get around to processing that because I do no, it all no problem, by hand. Mate. But very good. Uh, good hearing from you, and thank you for the call tonight, sir. Cheers, buddy. 800-259-9231. Do we take pounds, Sterling? Uh, I think PayPal handles the... Oh, okay. Uh, the, Pretty cool. Uh, PayPal invented by a fellow libertarian. Peter Thiel, right? Peter Thiel, good guy, absolutely. He's he said, not going to be here this weekend, is he? I don't think he is, but I got to meet him at the Adam Smith Awards. Uh, I think we mentioned it one time when we were on the show. He was down at the Adam Smith Awards for Foundation for Economic Education. Fascinating guy. He said that when they originally developed PayPal, uh, they were working on trying to find a way to circumvent the United States dollar. Right. And it was a great idea. And then, unfortunately, what happened was they uh, they ended up, I guess, there was such a demand for banking or whatever, right. and or linking into bank accounts or something like that, and uh, the federal government ended up getting in and, and regulating. And you got it. He ended yeah. up selling the business. Cause for he, a couple billion. But, right. Well, yeah. it didn't I guess it wasn't the vision that he had originally had, and yeah. uh, he could cash in and sell But he thing. said, you know what's interesting, Ian? He said that they were successful in doing one thing, which is allowing people to convert their money into virtually any currency instantaneously. That's true. Which is really, really cool. So he said he was real proud of that. Too. Yeah, I mean, on the uh, the Free Talk Live AMP program, for instance, when yeah. uh, Ziggy signed up, I don't know if it was three bucks a month or whatever it was that he sent in, but the difference between getting money from someone in America versus someone in any other country is like three cents on a transaction. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Talk hey, about and, affordable. And, you know, I wanted to mention something to you guys. As as you've been broadcasting, I've been over the other over in the other room talking with a lot of folks. F. Paul Wilson is here. I mean, that's just like the coolest thing ever for yeah, people who love great fiction. Yeah, it was really, really great. I think I left him out. We had F. Paul He's, Wilson. On oh tonight. man, right. he is just the man. And um, so you know, here we are. We're all big fans of all these different types of uh, things. You got kids dropping off uh, cards to you guys of thanks yeah. uh, as we're speaking. We may have the young. We may have the youngest fan, fan base of any talk radio show. Yeah, in yeah. America. Hey, thank Thanks, kids. Way to go, you guys. <laughs> but um, it, what, what's so neat about this is you guys can have conversations about really abstract stuff, about you know privatizing roadways, uh, about really practical things like let's stop the drug war with, uh, with uh, uh, Peter Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can talk about things happening in people's neighborhoods around the country, like, hey, you're never going to believe what happened here, and people can relate to it. Mm-hmm. Wherever they are, they understand the principles of freedom on this show. Well, and well it's that's because government's screwing people over all over the world. Yeah. I mean, no, of course you're they right. can relate. You're right, and we've got to try to do something about it. Little bits and pieces, and as you said, it's not just an abstract thing, Ziggy. We try to practice it here in New Hampshire. Yep, exactly. Now, Gardner, you're here um, not just to experience the Liberty Forum this weekend, though yeah. it is certainly a wonderful thing to experience. The people are fantastic. The speakers are amazing. You're actually going to be one of the speakers here. Yeah. What are um, you, uh, when really, are you speaking? What are you talking tomorrow about? Tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I am so excited. I'm, I can't now, wait. You're going to be speaking, and you're also doing a bunch of uh, MCing. You're, yeah. you're introducing people. Yeah. Who's going to introduce you when you're speaking? This this is a conundrum. Uh, maybe I'll be like Sybil. As long as I don't like purple, I'll be out there going, yeah, this Gardner Goldsmith guy, Yeah, here he is. Is, I don't know what I'll do. It's weird. I do voices on my show, so what the heck. Um, I'll introduce you, buddy. Thanks, man. Yeah, if you want to introduce me, that would be great, Mark. I would love it. Um, yeah, it would be cool. And, uh, t- yeah, tomorrow's speech is going to be on um, the free market arguments in favor of total laissez-faire regarding immigration policy. Ah, uh, yes. And completely open borders. Completely open borders, uh, whether it's legal or illegal immigration, it would all be legal if we got the government out of this. The reasons for this, why it's important, why I think conservatives, in the, particularly in the Republican movement, are backing themselves into a corner when they fear the 
the total takeover of the state regarding their privacy and making ID cards and things like things like that, and yet they want to get the government more involved in policing the border, whom people can hire, and things like that. They're turning us into a police state. They absolutely are. And, we can come yeah. back with more of that. Let's talk real quick to Vince in Indianapolis. Vince, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Hello Mark and Ian. How are you doing? Hey, Vince. Gardner's here, too. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, Gardner, yes. Uh, hey, Vince. I like your idea about the Liberty Forum up in New Hampshire. I go to the, I've been to the one out in Las Vegas. Oh, uh, yes, yes. That's one. Freedom and Fest, isn't it? Freedom July Fest. Fourth weekend. Yeah, yeah that's yep. right. Huh? Yeah, Ernie. Freedom Fest, yes. Yeah. They have a great time it's out Freedom there. Freedom Fest. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I wanted to say something here why we're losing our freedoms. Sure. Like this gentleman just talked about, and the Republicans are putting themselves in the back corner. But a lot of states are considering uh, these bans on same-sex marriages. Mm-hmm. And... Let me tell you something. And I know this because uh, I know a couple lawyers in family practice. Mm-hmm. What happens is a lot of older people, when their family numbers start dwindling, and let's say you got two 80 year old women living together, but one dies, and this maybe she now wills whatever is left to her estate to the other woman, you know what? The states are going to start going grabbing that money from it. Because they're going to probate the will. Yeah, you know the state loves to grab and, uh, money. And then we're out of time, my man. Thank, thank you for the call tonight. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live, live from the Liberty Forum. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it right now at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And Guard. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there for free. If you like the show, then consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, as uh, Ziggy in the U.K. has recently done. And over now 400 uh, people, 400 of our listeners have uh, become Free Talk Live amplifiers, which is, uh, I think, a new milestone for us. That's great. That's pretty exciting. Uh, so go over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that since we give you all the features on the website for free at freetalklive.com, we're just asking you for three bucks a month. A great way to help support the show because the money comes in, it goes right back out into promoting Free Talk Live, to getting us on more radio stations across the country to thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. And you get perks. You get access to the AMP only call in line, AMP only chat room, which is closed uh, tonight because we don't have our video camera. It's only yeah. when we have the cam, and because we're on location here at the Liberty Forum, the cam is shut down for the remainder of the broadcast. By week. the way, guys, I even met a Shriner here. Oh, well, I'm sure there'll be more sh- than one. Oh, I, I sure definitely hope so. This is great. Yeah. So, yeah, it is great. Uh, amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get access to some special things. We get a little bit of cash in and helps the show. It's a great idea. Uh, amp.freetalklive.com. Your mattress, by the way, was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. If that bothers you... It should, because it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com. For the sleep you've been dreaming of, that's SavvyRest.com. So, people have been stopping in all night tonight oh, yeah. uh, to check in with this uh, the, the, the Iowa caucuses, which are going yes. on right now. Yes. And we haven't even talked about it yet this evening. Up until right now, there really wasn't much uh, worth saying. I'm hearing everything from 40% coming in, Mark, 40% of the precincts. Well, what are the numbers that I've you've... I've got from CNN.com, um, i got 66% for the Republicans and 87% reporting for the Democrats. So, that's... 
So where's it at right now, Mark? Where's, well, uh, apparently they do things a little differently for the Republicans and Democrats. Um, because really? The yeah, state delegates uh, vote in this caucus for uh, Democrats and then you know just votes um, for Republicans. Um, mm-hmm. Obama's ahead, 37%. Edwards and Clinton tied, I don't really care about tied with 30%. Thought I'd give it to you. Um, okay, Republican side. Huck, uh, Huckle, uh, Huckabee, excuse me, Huckleberry. <laughs> yeah. No, Huckabee, I don't know that. Uh, <laughs> 34%. Oh, and um, Romney, 25%. I think we pretty much knew all this. Um, Thompson, McCain, and Paul, 14, 13, and 10. So it's sort of... That's anybody's game. It's I mean, very close. That's 66%, very interesting. 66% reporting. Uh, you know, certainly he's not going to finish uh, first place. I think that's pretty much a guarantee at this point. Key but. thing. Key thing is if he can get 10%, then uh, he'll be able to make it into the ABC uh, debate this weekend. Oh, good. Well, yeah. he has 10% right now, yeah, so he, hopefully yeah, he can he hold on it. to that. Yeah, likely. It's key. With 66%, it's likely that he will. Um, yeah. Giuliani, who didn't campaign in the state much at all, uh, 4%. And uh, Duncan Hunter at 0% uh, with 328 total votes. So there you go. Ron Paul doing okay. Uh, not super, not uh, bar- barreling through the gates, but uh, a solid fifth place. And, He's- of course, remember, he has many more independents, and I don't know how many independents are in there in that Republican no, I don't caucus think they can, meeting. Though. I don't think yeah. they can get in there. Right. Exactly. So this the is only members. representative right. of the party members. Then. Right, right. Because I don't really know much about caucuses. We were debating off the air, you know, what's the difference between a caucus and a primary. It doesn't seem like it's entirely uh, clear. Yeah, I don't know. And from what I understand, it's kind of arcane. It's really kind of yeah, old. You know, you got to appear. Uh, the, the thing I do like about it is they don't have government buildings being used by these parties. You know, they're private homes. They go in. They're done mm-hmm. by the parties. I don't understand why here in New Hampshire, as much as I like New Hampshire, why we have certain laws about when things will be done for party Elections, party votes. I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm. Why they have to be done in schools? Hey, rent out a building. You got a club? You want to pick who's going to be yeah. the the guy you're putting up? Rent out a building for your club. It's just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's stupid. Mark, did you have an answer? I have an explanation here. Um, it's a, how, how does a caucus differ from a primary election? Mm. Unlike a caucus, a primary is carried out in a virtually identical manner to any general election contest, with participants going to a polling place or, depending on state election uh, procedures, voting at a home for their preferred candidates. A primary election attracts a broader swath of the electorate, in part because it requires a shorter time commitment. A caucus takes longer to conduct and tends to attract dedicated party activists. So there you go. So then we're going to see some completely different numbers this Tuesday with the New Hampshire primary, because in New Hampshire, you can be an undeclared voter, and what is it, like 60-plus percent of the state is is undeclared? Mm, You got it. You can be an undeclared voter, walk into the primary location and say, I'm declaring myself a Republican today. I feel like a Republican. And they'll give you the Republican ballot. You can vote on that. Then on your way out, you can say, I'm undeclared again. And once again, you can walk out. I love that. I love that you can just do it right there. It is great. And people can come in same day and register to vote. So a lot of these people that might have just come across Ron Paul's message within the last few days, they're not SOL like they would be in some of the other states where we come from in uh, Florida. You have to be registered 30 days out from the election. So anybody that gets excited close to the election, they're screwed. They can't participate. So here in New Hampshire, I think we're going to see some interesting numbers. And I I imagine Paul's percentage will be much higher than 10%. I consider this this to be a real victory um, in Iowa. I mean, 
this is only people that are registered Republicans in it's Iowa. Awesome. Yeah. You know, it's extraordinarily conservative state. Um, and, and, you know, Huckabee. Very, take very a look. religious. Huckabee is <laughs> their number one guy. <laughs> yeah. This is the same one that uh, in 2000 they voted up Pat Robertson. You know right. that's that's an excellent point, and also I think uh, a lot of times on my show I wasn't naming, I wasn't quoting any of the polls last week. I avoided the polls because I thought the polls were were starting to drive some of the people towards certain candidates, and I hate that. It sure. drives me up the wall. So, um, but now looking at the numbers that are coming out of Iowa, I think it's going to be quite interesting because if Ron Paul does get that ten percent, if he fared very very badly then that could affect a few percentage points here and there for people who might, might or might not go for Ron Paul. But right. I know a lot of people now who are going to feel freed up to vote for Ron Paul if he, if he passes that 10%, 10% threshold. Right. Yeah, so, uh, so in Iowa, one thing's for sure, because it's Republicans only, it's a, sort of a closed little club that can vote in this particular caucus, the 37% of people that voted for Ron Paul in the MySpace poll mm. – you can better believe that a f- only a fraction of them can even possibly vote in this Iowa caucus tonight. I don't know if you heard the news, but according to the AFP, Democrat Barack Obama and Republican Ron Paul were selected by members of the online MySpace community as their party's 2008 presidential candidates, the site announced uh, the Thursday. With the Iowa caucuses coming uh, today, MySpace's count of more than 150,000 virtual votes January 1st through the 2nd showed Obama on top with 46% of the vote, uh, and then MySpace, which uh, uh, dubbed its own exercise the nation's first presidential primary, Again, it's individual accounts that could vote, and they could only vote once. Yeah, so not it's not scientific, but it's darn good. People getting in, but that's okay. 37% picked Ron Paul. Giuliani was second with 18%. I mean, that's not even in the same ballpark no. as 37%. That's incredible. So, so, I mean, you've got the MySpace audience, which is, of course, heavily uh, young, right? You're right, looking sure. at uh, 18 to 30 years old here, and these are people who have no opportunity to vote in this Iowa caucus tonight. Ian, you know, you mentioned something when we were on the air the other day together, uh, which I thought was a, a pretty salient point, which was that you, you hoped that all these numbers that were being drawn to Ron Paul, uh, that, that they understood or began to look into the philosophy. And I think that's one of the key things. I'm not so fearful that these people are going to drop off later on and, and we're going to lose a large number because, you, you, you know, we're going to lose a certain percentage of these people of who are just driven by the dynamism of having an, you know, an, an outsider dude come in here. But what I think is interesting is so many of these people are drawn to Ron Paul and a very sizable percentage are going to be attracted by the message. And that is one of the great things that can be done for the freedom movement, what Ron Paul has done. Well, I know what it was like when I found uh, the Liberty Movement. I just wanted to I wanted to feed that urge to know more. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you come across, whether it be Free Talk Live or your show, Gardener, Against the Grain, which you can get at libertyconspiracy.com, Thanks. when you come across, whether it's uh, one of our shows or whether it's a candidate like Ron Paul, whatever it is, whatever the instance is, it really sets something off inside of you that, you know, we've heard people tell us, you know, I never thought anyone out there thought like this. I thought I was the only one. Right. And there's that connection. You you don't know the candidate. You don't know us. You, you know us from listening to us, but you don't know us. But you know that there's something there, and there's something intriguing about it. You know that there's an agreement, and you want to know more. And you, you, you just go out to feed that urge. And now it's so easy to feed that urge. Because you can go online and yeah, and yeah. get all kinds of great you know, stuff. It popped. What popped to mind again, and and I know it's very easy to pop to mind, is the shrine. 
or or the BBS, which you guys have over at, at freetalklive.com. Uh, when when people connect in this way, and you see real people are out there, and they're taking pictures. With, you know, it says Free Talk Live on it, and mm-hmm. and it, you say, "Oh yeah, this yep. is great! It's like entering a big party. It's yep. awesome. It's and a that, movement. Yeah, and you guys are, are helping lead it, and I think Ron Paul is just doing a wonderful job. And of course, we're glad you're here with us, uh, Gardner. Thanks for coming on tonight. Of course, you're going to be here all weekend. I'm thinking, yeah, right? So maybe we'll it. see you again yeah. uh, as we continue to broadcast throughout this weekend from the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, uh, 2008. We'll be back tomorrow. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.